0: This time, debit card users are also included in the cashback fund. Now everyone can get cashback on everyday purchases with Discover Cashback Debit. That includes no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Welcome to So Bad, It's Good with Ryan Bailey presented by Betches Media. This is an exploration of all pop culture from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. We're looking at you, Tom Sandoval. Welcome to an all new So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your pal Ryan, and this is your Thursday episode, folks. It is finally here. It is Real Housewives of Salt Lake City Reunion, part one of three parts. How did you guys like it? Was it awesome? Did you did you dig it? I haven't watched it yet. No, no, I've watched it a couple of times. Um uh it, it was it. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm just going to start off with um, a note. And I said this last week. I just wish that we could have three nights back to back of all three parts of the reunion. Um, Also, I wish that they would have started. And I know this, people are, are going to disagree with this. I wish they would have started with Monica and the reality Von Tees of it all and then got to the other stuff because I'm so damn curious about information, about what she's going to say about it. Even if they're lies, I want to get them out in the first part so then all the Facebook detectives, all the Reddit detectives, all the Bravo detectives can sink their teeth into it and kind of make heads or tales of what these lies or truths are. Um, you know, and remember with these things everything is not black and white. You know, you have to remember that there's shades of gray throughout. Um and I think because last week's finale was so damn exciting and it really was this who done it this season that really just I mean really just reached this apex and it was wow it was like a clue murder mystery of you know colonel mustard in the library with the candlestick holder and you're like monica but there are so many other questions i have and you know the way heather just casually throws out after the reality von T stuff of and jen shaw gave me the black eye, and that is why i hate the monica i was like wait what Wait, how, what, no, is Monica, wait, is it, is it Monica's fault that Jen Shaw hit you with the eye and wait, why are we, why are we not standing there? I feel like they're, the third part of the reunion, we need to call, like, you know, you are receiving a collect call from prison. Will you accept the charges? And I need Jen Shaw to answer for her crimes with these ladies because Monica has done really bad stuff. I get the charges here, but Jen Shaw, there seems to be this cloud over this thing This Salt Lake City ladies, I mean, it feels like Yellow Jackets where they all held on to some secret from four years ago and nobody's breaking, but they all know what happened. And I need to know what happened. I'm sometimes less. I mean, I'm excited about the reality Monty stuff. I really want to know the answers. But at the end of the day. What I'm suspecting is that it's another troll hater. It's another me. It's another troll hater that created an Instagram account to poke fun at these ladies and also to make shit of Jen Shaw because she really does seem to be a horrible person and a horrible boss. And we know Monica, and and by the way, also, you know, let's just get this out of of the way too, and I people think of this as a bad thing but welcome to the housewives yeah monica probably did attach herself to jen shaw to try to get on the show at some point but also just to be around a pseudo celebrity a powerful powerful person and if we know anything about jen shaw even before she was on real housewives is that she was one of those people that attracted people i mean she created the shaw squad remember that she titled, her, she titled her group of people that worked for her, and they weren't employees, they were the Shaw Squad, which is a rough thing to put on a LinkedIn in the year 2024. Um, but I, I think that a lot of these people do a lot of things to get on the show. It doesn't shock me that Monica was emailing the producers and I'm not standing up for Monica, but I do think we have to normalize that everybody wants on these shows. We don't just have like normal Betty Crocker and you know, raggedy Andy just like randomly being picked for the show. And then they just happen. No, everybody wants to be on these kinds of shows or a certain type of person wants to be on these shows. And especially we've now had 17, what 17 years Of housewives or something crazy like that we've had that many years of housewives so these ladies in the current iterations of all housewives they know bravo they know real housewives you have massive fans on these shows as housewives i don't think that's a bad thing but i think we have to acknowledge that not everybody's there it's like you know it's like on the bachelor are you here for the right reasons nobody's truly there for the right reasons because the right reason doesn't exist You know, you're not going to get the Mother Teresa's of the world going, you know what? I think it would be really great for charity if I got on the Housewives. No, these are all people with an agenda. And I'm not complaining about that. I think most things in life, we do have some sort of agenda, right? I mean, think about yourselves, you know, it's like, do you try to do really good at your job because you want to stay exactly where you're at? Or do you do really good at your job because you're hoping to move up some sort of ladder at a certain point? I think a lot of these women that they cast on the shows, they see an opportunity to to kind of live out some fantasy, to live out some dream. I mean, we've seen it on these Housewives shows before. I was thinking about Lynn Curtin on Real Housewives of Orange County and how they were like overspending and overspending. And the husband was lying to Lynn about a lifestyle that they couldn't afford, but they were also using that lifestyle to kind of show the other ladies and to show us this the television viewing audience, um, you know, something that was aspirational. But in the end of the day, it was kind of false. And you can use Salt Lake City for an example. Jen Shaw, you know, none of those places was hers. She she was renting places. Meredith Mark Marks. The rap on her is that she always rented her places. In fact, they trolled her on the final episode, saying her rental. I mean, a lot of these people are sometimes disingenuous about the life that they present because they think through the show they can get the life that they are presenting. Who, I'm already on fire you guys. I'm sorry. I've been, I've been watching TV all day and I'm speaking now. Okay, I got it. I got to chill out. You know what it is too? I'm I'm angry folks, and if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll you'll see why I'm angry. I did a, a Bailey blunder today. Oh, goodness, you guys. Uh my <laughs> This is tragic, actually. I was tired, as I always seem to be now. And I was uh, in the mirror and I was going to trim my beautiful mustache, my glorious mustache. And uh, I have this, uh, you know, this beard trimmer. And I didn't really look at the settings. And I just thought, oh, I'll take this down a little bit because it was. It was it was getting very full the mustache it was very full and pillowy and I just wanted to take it down and I went Zzz, and it immediately shaved off the right side of my mustache and and for all of those men and women in a home that uh, cultivate a mustache uh, you know it's it's hard to come back when you've sh- shaven one side completely off so um, in horror I had to shave the other side off so, You are looking, if you're watching on YouTube, and and by the way, if you're listening, don't go to the YouTube because it's going to really horrify, and don't let babies or kids see this. Nobody deserves to see me hairless on my face. It's just not a pretty sight, folks, and I'm so sorry to all the people watching on YouTube. You don't, you know, I know this is free, basically, but still, you don't deserve this. I understand how weird I look. And uh, I've been bummed all day. So that's why, I think that's why I'm coming hot out of the gate. I'm just upset. It's another stupid thing that I did because I did not pay attention to a setting on a beard trimmer. Oh my God. So yeah, good day so far. And tomorrow Bill Bailey uh, comes and I'm so excited to have my dad in town and uh, I'll I'll, uh, have him. Uh, say howdy on the pod, and I'm sure he'll do a, a Patreon live with me. So that'll be exciting. We're going to go see the Eagles on Saturday. Two bros seeing the Eagles, the fucking Eagles, man. Um, so if you like this podcast, and uh, why wouldn't you leave it five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, if you can, if not, all good. Uh, let's just have fun today, right? Let's have fun with this. It is always also fun when a Real Housewife show or a Bravo show or any of your favorite reality shows kind of hits public consciousness. And the finale for Salt Lake City really seemed to do that. And I'm kind of really proud of this show because four seasons, it seems like it really finally hit. It came together. And that is always exciting. You root for these shows to do that. And, you know, whether Monica comes back or not, and at this point, I'm kind of leaning towards she's probably not going to come back, even though I think, you know, give it a give it a shot. Stranger things have happened. Mary Cosby came back. Jen Shaw came back, even though we knew she was guilty. So why not? But I, I, you know, I don't think she will come back. But after watching these ladies, I think there's a really solid foundation with those four women in particular and then you've got Angie. And then if Mary, I don't know, Mary wants to do more closet scenes or scenes in a sprinter van, you got that. And then you'll add a newbie I think we will be okay. I just think I would enjoy or be interested in the mess that Monica would obviously present because, and we're going to get into some of the stuff uh, online after I do the recap of some things that have been revealed. And I think at this point, she's throwing everything against the wall to see what sticks. She's probably in crisis mode, but I would also say don't count Monica out because she is used to being a little sneaky. I don't even want to say a little. She's used to these streets. You know, so it's very interesting in... The reunion, and I'm sure we're going to hear these in the next two episodes as well, when she talks about the trolls and being so mean and everybody commenting on her relationship or her cheating. And I'm like, girl, that is hard for you to say without following it up with. And that's why I am so sorry for the Reality Von T's account, because now I realize how much it actually hurts, um, because it's like, girl, what did you think was going to happen? That's how, that's how you like to play the game, even as a viewer. So you know you were going to get it regardless. Um, and I'm still just so curious. And I hope Andy asked the question of, were you expecting for this information to eventually be revealed? You knew your relationship with Tanisha. You knew Tanisha worked with Heather doing her hair still to this day. I mean, how hard did you try to keep that relationship afloat, knowing that she held the key to everything? And also, to this day, I am still a little confused about Tanisha's involvement. I still think she was involved a little more than she's letting on. And I think it probably started as being a friend to her and Koa, I believe is the other gentleman's name, which we'll talk about, like I said, after the recap. But those are the questions that I really have. My other idea that I would like to present to Bravo, and I really, really love this idea, is that I want them to do a fourth episode. A fourth episode of The Reunion, where it's everything that has come out in the three weeks that they've Aired the reunion because they filmed this reunion a while back, right? So, so much information has come out that I think it would be a great coda. You could have it like Bravo Action News presents what the fuck happened in these last three weeks and we would give all the information all the stuff that has come out kind of a postscript because so much has happened so many lies have already been kind of spotted you know stuff that monica is dead we could get into the questioning of when heather actually knew about this when you know picking up the pieces i mean i mean to quote heather i want a proof timeline screenshots everything That's what the fourth episode would be. All of that stuff, receipts, screenshots, proof, timeline, everything. I think there needs to be a summation of the whole thing. I think there needs to be investigative reporting on a fourth episode. And listen, I'll volunteer my duties. You can have a lot of bloggers, podcasters, you know, and do it kind of like that VH1 um, best week ever kind of show that i always just i love that show growing up or the i love the 80s i love the 90s but just do it with real housewives of salt lake city reunion what we know now and i think that would be a good way to sell sail into the sunset and also a good bridge between the actual show and the social media that is inspired by the show because i still don't think any reality show Um, and not just Bravo, any reality show in general has found a good way to incorporate social media. We are so much faster than these shows are. And so sometimes it provides a weird viewing experience for the people that are really like in deep, that are dug in there on Reddit and dug in there on Facebook and all of these things. We tend to know so much information. And also you could put to bed some of the weird rumors out there too. And I want to warn people, and I've said this a lot on the show before but i i mean listen this is just me being an old fuddy-duddy but i'm really getting tired of things that are after the fact said oh it's a joke when i'm like i don't see the joke you're just trying to confuse people now this is uh from a a twitter account down with baby rinna And this was their post. It says, Breaking. Erica Jane confirms that her and Garcelle Bouvet's son, Oliver Sanders, are currently dating after they were spotted together on date in a restaurant in L.A. Garcelle recently confirmed that Oliver is about to finalize his divorce from his ex-wife. And then they hashtag Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and picture of, you know, all three of them. Now, this was the tweet, right? And now I've had it sent to me by I've I've seen it in a bunch of different Facebook groups. People going, is this true? And it's like, no, it's a troll comment. It's like, oh, it's a joke. Like, those aren't jokes. Those aren't funny. Because for the, the handful of people that actually get that it's a joke, it's like, okay. But then it's like the majority of the people that see that, it confuses the F out of them. And it kind of sometimes ruins the experience of the actual story that these producers are trying to tell. I know that's kind of not fun because... You know, some people really like the wild, wild west of Bravo, where you can just say anything and then kind of hide behind. It's a joke. It's a joke. And I'm like, no, there's got to be a real reality. And then there's got to be. And also, if you're going to do that, make sure that you do have some sort of joke in there, because I don't think that's super funny, because that could potentially happen you know what i'm saying like you i could see a world in where that would happen i could see a world where that would be an insanely good storyline but no it's not true and that's why my fourth episode of the reunion idea i think that's solid so uh bravo please holler at me i'm willing to give that away for like a couple bucks and if i get a talking head on it If you're a wine lover like me, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your unique preferences. To start... All you had to do is answer a few quick questions on their website about what flavors that I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red, white, or rosé, or a combination. Now, based on my answers, First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored. You guys, I have to tell you, I got a free shipment with them, but I kept my membership going because I liked it so much. I swear to God, I got this great Sangiovese. I got a Malbec. Uh, I did get a Rosé as well because I have a combination and I am loving it. Best of all, I get to choose when I want my box delivered and how often I get new assortments of wine. Being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has its perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. Plus, I get member exclusive pricing on every order so you can continue to order the ones that you love. So, Join the club today with me and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash so good to get your first box. That's T R Y F I R S T L E A F dot com slash so good. Try Firstleaf.com slash so good. Elevating my style used to mean breaking the bank, but with Quince, I get high-end versatile pieces at prices I can actually afford. Now I can upgrade my style by snagging killer luxury essentials that sync with my vibe and my wallet. You guys know I've got a blue linen blazer. Now I have a black leather jacket and I have my eye on this Italian suede trucker jacket. I think that's going to be my next purchase. So Quince creates timeless essentials that never go out of style. You're going to have them in your closet forever. Also, one more comment about Beverly Hills, even though that recap I'll be doing for Friday. Um, That Anna Marie Wiley, that's flop city. Like, please tell me that they edited her part down and that wasn't her original part. Because man, if your legacy is just talking about Sutton's esophagus, that is Lucy, Lucy, apple juice territory. My God. And she thinks she's doing something of like, "Uh, let me bring up the, have we talked about the esophagus? Like, You could tell even like extras in the background are like, girl, what are you doing? I mean, everybody was saying about Monica from Salt Lake that she's a one and done housewife. But man, if she's a one and done housewife, what what a great season. I mean, a messed up great season. But Anna Marie Wiley is going to be a one and done, And her claim to fame is going to be Sutton's esophagus commenting on the size. My God. Um, Also, uh, if you haven't, check out the other episodes that we've done this week we had Sophie Ross with the pop culture roundup where we got to celebrate her engagement. And we also did a whole golden globe segment. Uh, then on Tuesday, man, we had Toya Bush Harris from married to medicine. Now I have watched this entire season. This is my first time finally digging into married to medicine. And it's one of those things that kind of clicked for me. It was during a uh, quads resurrection ceremony <laughs> where it was at a funeral home. And it it was just, it was so good, and I was watching it on a plane, and I was watching back-to-back episodes, and I was actually laughing out loud. I was like, you know when a show or a book clicks for you, and you're like, ah, I get this now. I look forward to watching this now. So Mary to Medicine, that interview's in there, and then I did a whole hour and 15 minutes on Rachel Goes Rogue, Raquel Levis's podcast, which I thought had some really interesting information in it. But I did want to make uh, one comment about this, because I got a lot of emails uh, a lot of comments about this is that uh, the person who Rachel talked about at Schwartz and Sandy's, who she revealed the information that she was hooking up with Tom with, I was like, who could it be? Well, it turns out our friend um, Jamie Lynn, Jamie All Over podcast, um, she talked about who it was on one of the episodes. It was Kale Ramsey. Who uh, she had told that information to So I wanted to throw that in there Because I got a lot of people emailing about that But go check out those other episodes Because I'm really proud of those We also did an hour and a half Patreon Last night with Michelle Humans, Who's a baddie and she's awesome And we talked about a lot of the nominated movies This year as well as Some initial thoughts on Salt Lake But there's an hour and a half in there Patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good Okay Um Listen, I want to thank Laura Beth Harp, who took the notes on these. She killed the notes on these. Man, she did so, so good. Laura Beth Harp, if you are listening, thank you, thank you, thank you. I am sad that we're getting to the end of the season. And I think I'm going to have Laura Beth Harp on the Patreon as well to kind of do a sum up of Salt Lake. And uh, I think that's going to be a blast as well. She is awesome. Um, As well as Juliana Carroza, who takes the notes on Beverly Hills. Uh, amazing. I've got some really amazing people that help out on this show as well as Meditza and Sandra gigantic. Thank yous. Uh, Amy field, Marissa, uh, so many good people that really, uh, are good sounding boards and just help on a daily basis. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and, uh, let's get into this. Let's start. Uh, I'm a fashion maven. You know me. I shop at uh, Old Navy primarily. Uh, In fact, we just did a Golden Globe um, fashion video exclusively for YouTube, where I commented on some of the Golden Globe looks from the other night. And you know you can trust me because I wear basketball shorts 24-7, baby. Um, But I wanted to talk a little bit about the looks the reunion looks themselves from these okay let's throw this up on the screen here Okay, so starting over with Meredith Marks. I mean, all of these women are beautiful, right? So let's, they're all beautiful. But Meredith Marks, let me describe this in my limited fashion vocabulary. Meredith is, she looks very good. She, she's got this plunging V-line on this beautiful red. It's a dress, but it almost looks like a pantsuit. And it, it seems like it has like a little like a uh, belt tie on the dress. But what's really cool here is her her little necklace, uh, that that comes down into her cleavage But she just looks like extremely classy Extremely extremely beautiful uh, Thumbs up on Meredith Marks look right And then you go over to Whitney and Whitney's like I would like to be sexy and also Just like if it was a rave And a prom And um, I'm going to pass this down to Bobby Eventually It is a bright neon Greenish yellow and there's a lot of like Cutouts in the, like the, the Top blouse area Um, It is not showing nearly as much cleavage as Miss Meredith Marks. The necklace is good. But if you compare it to all the women, like, you know, how some of the reunions, they'll all get together and they'll be like, let's all do pinkish colors. Nobody was getting together on this one. It is just a cornica. It is just like, it's like a pride flag. It is just every color that you could possibly imagine. And Whitney does stand out, but I don't know if it's necessarily the right. I mean, it's very young, it's very vibrant. There's a little bit of Club MTV kind of a vibe, like Camille Grammer dancing on Club MTV. That's a old throwback reference. Now you've got Angie. Now Angie Katsanavis, big reunion for her. And, uh, you know, I hear in the second episode, and this was one of the most dramatic scenes, they showed a little clip of this. Uh, I don't think there was a dry eye among the ladies when Angie was talking about this, but she revealed this really deep, sad story. Um, it turns out she uh, she's Greek. And that's kind of why uh, she did the Greek Easter. Yeah, now it all kind of, you know, and just that little information. It's kind of like at the end of The Sixth Sense when that kid is like, I see dead people. It was like that kind of vibe when I saw that clip. I was like, oh, and then I went back and rewatched the entire season. I was like, now it all it all comes together with that piece of information. I do also want to shout out the gentleman that DM'd me this week after listening to last week last week's recap where where he goes i don't know why you said and she just said she was greek she's been saying it in every episode i go oh i was like oh yeah yeah no i, I hope you know that i'm joking <laughs> like i felt so bad that there are people out there that think i say this like she's truly re- no that's i i hate to i hate to, i hate to explain something that's potentially something that only makes me laugh but the point the thing that makes me laugh is that she is i don't I'm sorry, you guys. Anyways, I do know that Angie is Greek. It's not something that gets... But to me, it's kind of like in South Park, how they used to do they killed Kenny you bastards it's like that I think every episode needs a moment where Angie reveals that she's Greek in a very dramatic fashion but anyways Angie here Angie is wearing this red dress and it has like these two it's also red and it's like these two red circles that cover her boobs like they they're two red circles that cover her boobs her hair is glorious and long it goes down past her boobage area and then there's like some it looks like like kind of it's like a scrunched up part and then You can see a little bit of her hip and I don't know. It looks like one of those kind of a waitress skirt maybe. And then it's got some red strappy heels. I don't know anything about fashion. I'm just describing it for anybody that's hard of seeing out there. Now, Heather, Heather, uh, Heather, what is it? It's like a a big orange dress. Um, It it goes all the way down to the floor. Her hair looks beautiful. She looks very tan. Um, It looks like there's one strap on the right shoulder and she looks good she looks pretty um then you got reality von Tees reality Von vontees is wearing like kind of like this shiny green dress uh, a little V but it doesn't go down like in her into her cleavage area classy V um the uh the the there's a slit that shows one of her legs uh it's great and then Mer- and then Lisa Barlow. Ah, Lisa Barlow. What am I wearing today? This kind of looks like a silver thing. Um, it looks almost from my eye. Uh, God, is this like a wool material? But there's like these little things that attach the right and left sides from her stomach up that kind of shows the skin in the middle. Um, yeah. And then Mary Cosby, she's wearing blue and she's got like the bunch of silver bracelets. This looks like something that Lisa Vanderpump could potentially wear if there was more like silver fringe things all over it. Uh, but they all look good. They just look out of whack completely. And I think that's what we want from our Salt Lake ladies. And especially this season, just completely out of whack. Nobody's on the same page. I think, you know, if, if if they really, I think the four main women, Meredith, Whitney, um, Lisa and Heather should have gotten together And all worn a similar dress Just to show that they are They are bonded in trauma They are the four big little Lies Ladies and I wish they had Come together and done that but it just seems Kind of a little all over the Place uh, did you guys like it what did you think Now listen Compared to the set, these ladies look completely put together because this set, you guys, it really is wild. It's like if I was a kid, it would have been like my dream playroom because there's like a pirate ship and then there's water and then there's snow. I don't know, like it really, truly, it, there's like an Alice in Wonderland feel to it, like a Chuck E. Cheese. I felt like there was going to be like one of those, like, uh, you know, what are those like banjo, like those... <laughs> jamboree bands that they had at pizza places when i was a kid of like we're the jamboree band and they were animatronics like i felt like that was going to be in the background i just felt like there should have been like video game machines it was very hectic i found myself looking up and kind of like in a daze at a certain point and it was weird because like real housewives of orange county remember how they gave it that beautiful flat screen tv that was just like gigantic and they had like a picture of the ocean and they had the sun setting and i'm like what the fuck? You have that for OC and this looks like a fucking Dave and Busters? Are you kidding me? Like, oh, what? What? Also, today, uh one of our government uh I think a senator today did uh in a speech in an actual hearing used heather's Seats, proof timeline screenshots everything. This gentleman during his time in an actual hearing said Heather Gay's dialogue in an actual hearing in government and everybody lost their minds. Everybody was so excited about it. And once again, Old fuddy-duddy Ryan. I hate to rain on anybody's parade. Like, I love when celebrities watch Real Housewives. I love when Jennifer Lawrence names drops Housewives on a red carpet. Oh, my God. I'm in heaven when Emma Stone talks about her favorite Bravo shows. What I don't love is when our fucking government is talking about housewives because I'm like, you guys already suck at governing. Could we actually not name drop housewife shows in our government? And I know it's still, it's still really exciting. It is, it is, but it's just one of those things. It's kind of what I was talking about the other day with Gypsy Rose Blanchard, how pop culture has just exploded where it, it, pop culture used to be movies, music, and TV, like kind of art type, pop culture consumer things. And now it's exploded into government and true crime. And those are two things that I'm like, I don't know if pop culture can hold the weight of these very realistic things because I was like, you know, I'll watch true crime things or I'll watch like Dateline murder mysteries, and I'll be like, this is a great one where he murdered his entire family and then he ran. Like, I why I, I shouldn't be laughing at these things? I shouldn't be so pumped to hear about something so true. And that's why when I hear it in the government, I'm like, you do not. De- Unless you can get lower our taxes and give us free education and health care, you do not deserve. To say Heather Gay's iconic lines from the season finale of Salt Lake City. Are you guys with me? Or are you like, I want more? I I want more government. I want government to name check more Housewives. Who knows? Okay, only 28 minutes in and we're finally getting to the recap. Oh, you guys love it. You guys love it when I just go super long. Um, Okay, so we start off as we always do. Season 4, Episode 17, Reunion Part 1, and this is the peacock the uncensored, the extended because we know that a heaven exists and it's only when you can hear Housewives unedited, unedited say, you fucking pig! You know, it is so exciting it, it harkens back to when I was 13 years old and being able to hear curse words you know, away from your parents and you're like, oh my god, this is so exciting! So, this is the description that the cable company gives for us to read. It says, the ladies reunion night in new york to discuss the season's highs and lows new housewife monica sets the record straight about her past angie confronts monica and meredith about the Moomas regarding her husband and the greek mafia <laughs> and now andy in a voiceover goes coming up on the three-part real housewives of salt lake city reunion The women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Unsurprisingly, it all led to trauma for the contestants and terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus.
1: Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry.
0: And we see various clips of the reunion, what we're about to see in this three-part series. And we have Andy saying, Heather and Lisa, are you two bad leather? And Lisa's like, ha ha ha. And Heather's like, well, good leather. And Whitney's like, that's the shadiest thing you ever said. And Andy's like, really? That's saying something. And then we cut to another clip of Angie K going, you came after my marriage. And Meredith's like, I didn't come after anything. And Angie K's like, Get her a fucking kennel so I can finish my comment. Angie Kay had a couple of good lines. Her really great lines were at the very tail end of this episode, but this is from another episode. Then we cut to a clip of Lisa going, you chastised me at your house. And Whitney's like, you just can't take criticism. There are so many things I sweep under the rug to make sure we're fine. And Whitney's like, same. Well, then say what they are right now. And then we cut to a scene of Andy going, Monica, you've been accused of being a troll account. And then Monica brings out the burn book. Now, listen, I've got to say, this burn book, this Mean Girls musical movie that comes out on Friday, and I swear to God they're not paying me to say this, it is all over Bravo right now. Did you see that Vanderpump Rules commercial with like Katie and Sheena and DJ James Kennedy where they have the burn book? And I have to say, this seems... Like something Monica would do, sure. But it also seems like potentially this is like in-house commercial advertising. Like, I, I really think that potentially this is kind of backdoor advertising for the movie. Um, I don't think that, I mean, we've seen Housewives do this before, the binder with Monique, all of these things, but the burn book is so on the nose especially the week of Mean Girls coming out. Anyways, Monica brings out the burn book and Heather's like, oh that's not funny. And Lisa's like, I'm not interested. And Meredith goes, I can't anymore. I just can't. And then a scene of Monica going, you're saying I would steal it because I have less than you so I'm going to steal it. And Lisa going, I didn't say that. And Angie K going, I'm Greek. No, Angie says, she didn't say you stole it. And Monica goes, why are you talking? Why are you talking? You bench warming bitch. Shut up. And then when we cut to a scene of Andy going your reaction to what the women discovered and Mary goes it was a little much how they pushed her out in regards to Monica and then to a scene where Andy goes is there anyone that feels differently about Monica than when you came in and the camera pans to each woman's face no one responds and also all the while folks you have the background music of the ding 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 and then Andy says Jen gave you the black eye And Heather's like, yeah. And Andy's like, tell us how it happened. And Heather puts her face in her hands. And then Whitney is dabbing her eye with a tissue. Like, I'm trying to dab my eye. It's getting very intense. And Lisa's like, oh, no. And then Whitney walks over and sits by Heather and hugs her. Whitney loves a good Heather hug. Whitney is always the first one to hug Heather. And I think that's very big of her because they have had so many conflicts. And I think Heather always takes every opportunity to make Whitney feel small, but Whitney's always one of the first people to console Heather, anytime Heather opens up about anything, just an observation. Okay. So now we start, it says we see shots of New York city. We're in the big city where Jen Shaw got convicted and we hear sirens in the background, a black escalade pulls up and we see, New York, New York, 7 a.m. It's an early call. Heather is the first to arrive. She gets out of the car and we hear the voiceover and we see the flashback. She tells the guy greeting her, good morning. He's like, good morning. And we hear voiceover this whole time. We hear Heather's voiceover saying, I felt like I had to lie to protect her for the fact that she gave me a black eye. Next is Meredith Marks coming out of her Escalade. For three months, you have sat here with us and not told us the truth. And then Whitney arrives. There's no dark ass little secrets. Clearly, you're the one with the secret. And then Angie K arrives in a Escalade, just uh, in, enshrined in Greek flags. And Angie's like, and then we hear, <laughs> we hear Monica go. Sorry, <laughs> we hear Monica go. Monica goes, Angie, let's talk about your involvement with Reality Bontees. And Angie K goes, Why don't you shut up? And then Lisa arrives, and we hear Lisa's voiceover from the finale You're a fucking dumb bitch because your ass just got caught running a cyber bully account. I hate cyberbullying, but I love when people say cyberbully. I think that is a funny like cyberbully. Also, once again, I'm going to point out for somebody with a cybersecurity squad, did Lisa have to clean house after this revelation? Well, she's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? What do I pay you for? Jesus God. Oh my God. You didn't even catch this. What the F? And last to arrive is Monica, Reality Von Tease herself. Uh, or, as Monica puts it, she was one of six people to run Reality bontees, So one-sixth of Reality Vontees. Reality bontees is like a boy band at this point. And Monica saying, there is so much more to the story, and trust me, you're all going to want to hear it. Join my OnlyFans. To, you know? And now we see shots at the reunion set, and Andy comes in with his Starbucks. Now, this is the great thing. I believe... This is in the same area or the same building where Watch What Happens Live uh, films at in Soho area. It is really cool. Like, I know where Andy lives in that area. And Andy, it's like he's got such a—I—I I, I just really admire that dude. But I think he has such a cool life because his life is all within a 10-block radius like where he lives to where the Watch What Happens Live studio is. And it kind of is exciting to think, oh, okay, that's where Watch What Happens Live is. That's where, you know, it's like all this kind of contained area. Anyways, Andy comes in with that Starbucks, takes his seat. We see the ladies backstage and we hear a crew member saying, 10 minutes, ladies, make your way to the stage, please. Heather, Whitney and Lisa walk out together. But this is great, folks. They stop to pray first, just like Mother God. From, just, I'm still thinking about that HBO Max uh, docu-series um, Love has won But anyways, they stop to pray They hold hands And Heather, Whitney, and Lisa They all hold hands And Whitney goes Archangel Michael, please protect us And I think Archangel Michael Is a special guest in part three of the reunion But this is a very powerful moment With all three ladies bonding together To fight evil at this reunion and the set is wild. It, like I said, it is just uh, an amalgamation of cotton candy, pirate ships, lollipops. Um, there's like a little bit of a Wizard of Oz feel to it, Dave and Buster's, all that jazz. Now, Meredith is the first to arrive on stage and she's carrying a bag with her. And Andy's like, Hey, Meredith. And, and she's like, Good to see you, Andy. Good to see you. And he's like, You brought your purse. And Meredith, Meredith goes, I did because I have a lot of notes. And then he's like, okay, okay. Uh, I would have loved if the bag had Seth in it. He's like, hey, Andy, I'm in the bag. What's going on? Are you listening to our podcast hanging by a thread? I like to jacuzzi with all the ladies. Then Lisa enters next and uh, Andy's like, hey, Lisa, hi. I look like a holiday decoration. And he goes, yeah, yeah, you do. And then Angie K comes in right behind Lisa. Hey, Angie K. Hi Andy, how you doing? And then Whitney takes her seat. Hey Whitney, Heather comes in and sees that her seat is right next to Andy. And Heather goes, oh, "I thought I was avoiding the hot seat today." And Andy's like, "Yeah, well, here you are. Somebody's got to do it. Now come on." Heather knows that that first seat is that first seat is good. Like, come on. She loves being in that first seat. Don't get it twisted. She loves the housewife. She knows that's an important seat. And when we were talking, once we, the the seating was revealed, right, we didn't know those final couple of episodes, especially the finale. So we knew something big was going to happen to put Heather in that seat. And now we know. And, yeah, she does deserve that seat. Now we see Monica entering the stage all by her lonesome. And we see her coming down this long staircase. But it's like the backstage at, like, you know, your high school theater. And you see how non glamorous the actual like studio sets are. And there's dramatic music playing behind her. And this is where it's like the drum line. And I almost thought, like, wouldn't it be amazing next time something this dramatic happens? Fuck the music. Have a real drum line. Like, have a real like, ding, 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 ding. Like, I have a marching band just like doing like conga drums and stuff like that because it's that intense. And they're all watching Monica come down the stairs. And also, the choral music is on top. I mean, the choral music would have been great here, but I think there's a, a world in which we could mash those two up of like, ding, 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 and Andy's like, "Hi, Monica." I wish Andy would have been like, "Hi, Monica." or should I say reality von She's like, hello. And he goes, how are we doing? She's like, great. Good to see you. You too. Okay. Are you guys ready? And the production guy, which is really cool. Now I've seen a bunch of watch what happens live being filmed and the Bravo's and Bravo con. And it's always the same, uh, how it's always the same guy, um, talking to Andy. I don't know what his name is, but he's really good at his job, but he's the guy that you see counting down, like in five seconds, four 3, start your move, 2, 1, push 1, go Andy. Andy's like, welcome to the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City for reunion. I'm Andy Cohen, still reeling from an explosive season and jaw-dropping finale that has left us all feeling trapped in the Devil's Triangle. And I mean, this is an acid trip. I don't know whether to be hot or cold. And the camera pounds around the stage showing all the different decor, the snow, the pirate ship, the island decor, um, Mary's closet. And Andy's like, well, I should point out that since the finale, which took place in Bermuda, you all as a group really have not been together or spoken. Is that correct? And all the not- ladies like nod their head. Yes, that's correct. And Monica's like, well... I feel like they've been together. I think they were together a lot and they were together a lot. I mean, they were all hanging out at BravoCon, just not with Monica. Now that at BravoCon was the first um, time I started getting word how all of them were not speaking to Monica. And I think I told you guys that at the time, Uh, but nobody had said exactly what it was. So Monica is like, yeah, they've all been together. Minus me. And Andy goes, right. Well, that's what I'm pointing out. You know, I like when Andy gets a little snarky. He got snarky with a couple times with Monica in particular, where he's like, uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm pointing out. Well, we have a lot to go through tonight, and we will get into what happened at the finale. But before we get into the season, let's talk about all the fun we know. I love that when Andy does that of like, we'll get to that in the third part, but let's talk about the crazy hijinks, you kids. No. He goes, I also want to mention the Gen Shaw of it all. She's obviously not here. And I wonder how did it feel doing the show without her? Were you worried as a group? And Lisa was like, no. And Angie goes, I was not. And Heather goes, well, I was worried that the effect that Jen had had, that people would want that type of level of like drama and toxicity and just craziness and that they might tune out if they didn't see it. But we are excited for the chance to get free of all of that. We were excited for a chance to like prove ourselves. And I think and then show our friendships without that in the mix now on its face you're like oh that makes sense but i do have to point out this had as much if not more drama and toxicity and craziness than any season with jen shaw it was just more spread out between all of the ladies culminating in the monica garcia reality von of it all so yeah you did have nothing to worry about but it wasn't because you guys all just kumbaya the entire season and it was hip hip hooray no There was all of that stuff, and I think with Heather saying we break free of that, I think she's trying to still push we are going to break free of that now, but it was the same exact thing, just Jen Shaw wasn't there, and Andy goes, so, when we shot last year's reunion, she was waiting to be sentenced, Jen Shaw. I asked whoever was here your reaction to her guilty plea, and no one really had much of a reaction. I wonder if any of you do now. Do you feel betrayed by her? What's the real tea here? And Heather goes, well... (laughs) She was lying to our face up to the moment that she walked in the courtroom to plead guilty. I mean, she called me that morning and said, call Meredith. I didn't do this, but I have to plead guilty. And so even to the moment that she walked in before the judge, she was still maintaining her innocence and maintaining that. I thought that was a fascinating little piece of information, right? That she actually was still maintaining that even when she said she had to plead guilty and talk to Meredith. Now, once again, we're getting into this right now. But there's just no way in hell that these ladies didn't know. I mean, I don't think Jen admitted it, but come on. Meredith is a lawyer. Meredith, uh, she pays attention to everything. She's a very unique mind. You know what I'm saying? So she knows what's exactly going on. So I would love to have heard that conversation between Jen Shaw and Meredith, but come on, you guys at that point knew, and if you didn't know, you weren't reading. It's like Sutton being the only person that wrote the read the uh, L.A. Times article with Erica Jane and Tom Girardi. Like, pick up a paper, read some documents. You will see exactly what the case was against Jen Shaw and why she was guilty. Period anyways lisa goes even after she pled guilty she still maintained her innocence so it's really hard to have a friend that's telling you i'm innocent and all the evidence is pointing that she's guilty and we backed her the entire time you know even when it was rough and she was coming at us really hard we backed her a thousand percent do you think there's any world in which jen shaw is trying to get kim kardashian to take her case of like i am innocent free me, kim Also, this is what they're talking about when Heather at that finale is like, we were ride or die, all of us. And ride or die is awesome, right? Sometimes it's really, it's a, it's a noble thing, but ride or die shouldn't also mean that you're stupid. Shouldn't just mean you're just blindly ignorant. And I feel like ride or die is an excuse for sometimes just being ignorant in this case. And he goes, well, and do you believe her that she is innocent? And Heather's like, no. And Lisa's like, no. And when he goes, I feel like I always took a stance that I always said I had my speculations and I feel like I didn't want it to be true. But based on the evidence and everything, I had a strong feeling that she's guilty. And Heather goes, yeah, all the alarm bells, obviously. Oh, Heather, calm down. All the alarm bells. Listen, when Heather Gay was on my show before any of this shit popped off – Heather said, when I asked her, hey, well, what if she's guilty? And she's like, well, you know, it, it really wouldn't change anything. People make mistakes. She would still be my friend, blah, 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 blah. And I remember going, oh, my God, like this, this is a really big comment that kind of made its way around know, like Daily Mail, Us Weekly and things like that, because it was kind of just like, well, no matter what, it's fine. But like, look at it now. She is guilty. That friendship doesn't really exist anymore. You know, Heather is not going to visit Jen Shaw in prison on visitor day. Unless there's something that I don't know, but it did affect everything. And I, I, I don't know. It's so confusing to me. And when he goes, yeah. And I feel like I did express that. And when he goes, and I think at times it was hard because there would be retaliation if we said, or did anything. And Heather goes, and yeah, and you could bring up facts till you're blue in the face. And she would just maintain the same thing. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And when he's like, yeah, the spell Jen Shaw had on these women. The spell, like they're even saying, Whitney goes, there would be retaliation if we said or did anything. Like Jen Shaw is the mob. Like what you're scared of a troll account? Jen Shaw sounds like the real person that like to be afraid of that there would be retaliation. Like I'm sorry, no, like reality montes, yeah, it's horrific, but retaliation is like a bad troll post. And he goes, well, what would that retaliation be? And Whitney goes, oh, just the social media hatred. So I guess. It was real, like was it was Jen making bad posts against the other ladies? I also want to, um, I also want to point out that all of these women hold their own on social media, all of these women get in the dirt, like Lisa and Meredith. I believe Meredith, somebody tweets for her. Um, but I think Lisa potentially does her own, or she has somebody really good that really knows her voice uh because you can you know if you read her twitter feed you can just hear it in lisa's voice but these ladies all come at each other on social media so the retaliation on social media stuff i'm like wait a sec you ladies all you all like fight online and you know it wasn't like jen was so much better than any of you other ladies anyways lisa goes just attacks like vicious attacks and angie k is like totally totally and heather goes keyboard assassination keyboard warrior and lisa's like vicious attacks that ruin your character your name your businesses things like that but it's like that's what we're saying that that monica does right angie k goes well the hardest thing too is i think we've all let her into our homes into our families um you know with our children our husbands and she became part of your family so that was a real betrayal I mean, that was a real betrayal. Angie Kay, she threw your expensive shoes in the ocean last season. The fact that you guys were hanging on to these friendships when it felt like we saw her earn nothing of it. I don't know how she was like with the cameras off, but my God, I mean, this is like if she if she smiled at you, it felt like the sun rose and set over anything Jen Shaw did when I hear you ladies talk about her. But my God, when we saw her on TV, it was like, Angie Kay, the fact that you would even have her in your house after how she treated you was wild to me. And Andy goes, well, yeah, you know, at the last reunion, it was just the four of you. And Lisa's like, yeah. And Andy's like, and I think none of us knew where any of this was going to go. And we have a lot to talk about today, okay? So I want to start at the beginning. This season, new housewife Monica stepped out of her Range Rover and right into a snowstorm of drama. Through it all, this newbie was never afraid to keep it 100 with Salt Lake's 1%. Take a look. Also, is that weird when Andy says keep it 100 when a lot of Monica's stuff was completely hidden and secretive? Weird, right? And this is where we see a collection of scenes of Monica over the season. It started with the first episode where Monica's first lunch with Angie Kay, and Lisa, where Lisa's like... I've met you before. You were running an errand for Jen. And then we cut to a scene with Monica saying that Jen fired her assistant. So she had stepped in to help her. And then she became a witness with the federal government in Jen's trial. Now, shockingly, this wasn't the biggest shock of Monica's season. It was actually the two is reality von And then we have a scene with Monica's talking about her home life with her daughters. This one likes gymnastics. This one likes art. You know what I would like? Five hours of extra sleep and then a scene of monica versus lisa being tone deaf or over losing her sixty thousand dollar ring and she's like the one percent of people live like you and then a scene of monica calling lisa a 50 year old wannabe at the skating ring and then lisa going wannabe she wants to be me she wishes she could have what i have that's why she carries fake chanel tin roof rusted and now we're back into the reunion and andy's like all right do you want to be lisa and monica pauses And goes, no. Well, I thought it was really touching and honest when you cried to your mom about, you know, worrying about feeling left out. The labels, buying the purse. Why was that important for you to share? And Monica's like, you know, it wasn't necessarily about the bag. It was about entering the group of women. As an outsider looking in, they look flawless. I mean, some of them. (laughs) They look flawless. Not today, but uh, their homes are beautiful. They're married. Their kids are successful. Like, you just look at it from the outside and you're like, what am I bringing to the table? But this is what I'm talking about, how it's all deception. And the funny thing is, Monica knew that above anybody else because she was in the inner circle of Jen Shaw and knew how fake and phony it all was. And that's what I'm saying, is that this image that they present to all of us, it's all a facade. I mean, some of it's real, of course, and they do have these designer bags and clothes And all of this stuff, but if you look underneath all of that, a lot of it is for presentation, and I guess that's what a lot. Anyways, anyway, so Monica goes, "I'm a whore that's going through a divorce that has four kids and live in a three thousand square foot home." This is how I felt, and Andy's like, "Okay," and Monica's like, "Well, I'm just you know," and I think every single person in their life at one point in time or another has felt like I don't belong. And Andy goes, "Yeah, well, think that's why it resonated." And there's a pause. So why were you annoyed by Lisa carrying on about a $60,000 ring? I have to assume if you lost a $60,000 ring, you'd be freaking out about it. And Lisa's like, yeah, yeah, Monica. And Monica goes, Lisa has every right to be upset about losing a ring. What I didn't like... Was that it was 60,000, 60,000, 60,000, 60,000, 60,000? She does these hand motions every time she says 60,000. And Lisa jumps right in. I only said the price three times. <laughs> I love that. I love it. It was like, you're wrong, Monica. It wasn't five times, it was three. Tonight, only on Disney. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the eras Tour. And so the ring thing for me, it was everybody processes things differently. And for me, losing that, it's a big deal. Henry almost died. And she starts to cry after I had him. And John gave me that ring because I was like, I don't know if we're going to be able to have more kids. I don't know where we're going to have another kid. That meant more than just a ring that I wear on my finger. Every time I look at it, it's like we have our two beautiful babies. And now we have this $60,000 ring and like, it was so hard now, right? This story on its face is like, hell yeah. Oh my God. It does mean so much, but why didn't you share that in the moment? Why, why was it just 60,000, 60,000, 60,000 only three times? Why wasn't it this story, but also my God, a $60,000 ring. I mean, I know Lisa's doing well, but I didn't know she was like doing well, well, like damn. And John, like, really like a $60,000 ring. Like maybe put that away for the kids. It's like that's a that's a big chunk of change. But I I totally this story is very moving. And Monica goes, but see that's beautiful. I didn't know that. It was no one's business. I didn't even want to say that. I was just stressed about it because to me it's a symbol. To me it's a symbol like the bat signal. Um, no, but Lisa, like it's it was no one's business. It's like Lisa. This is what cracks me up about Lisa. This is why I love Lisa Barlow. Like I make fun of her and tease her, but I love her because she is unapologetically herself. She doesn't think like normal people. And I think that's an amazing thing. I think it's really unique because most people would realize that if you keep saying the price of something, it really you know, evokes kind of imagery of commerce and caring just about wealth when the symbol story is so much more endearing. And yeah, maybe that's not anybody's business, but I just think that it's interesting that you would rather share the price than this beautiful story. And Monica goes, well, I thought you had said he had just bought that for you. I thought at the airport, you said he just bought that. And Lisa goes, no, he did not just buy that for me. And Heather's like, she said it was sentimental. And Lisa said, I said it was sentimental, like Heather said. We get a flashback to the airport in Palm Springs where Lisa was like, no, I'm really upset. It's sentimental. It's from John. So I'm upset. And Heather's like, yeah, it's a big deal. I'm so sorry. So the flashback a couple of times did some interesting trolls of Monica is that we didn't see this scene where Monica is saying that Lisa said he had just bought it for her. No, we see this scene. So, interesting memory on Monica's part. Lisa says, I get rings for different things at different times. Hell yeah, Lisa. Sisters are doing it for themselves. I like that she gets rings at different times. Is it kind of like Kyle's rings? Something's like, oh, I see, I see. What's that ring on your finger, Lisa Barlow? Is that an apology ring? Did John have to get that for you because he did something bad, i say, i say? I mean, it is. I get different things at di- different rings at different... This is my Memorial Day ring. This is my 4th of July ring. This is the ring I got to celebrate the Olympics, the 84 Olympics. No, She's like, that one was so special to me And that one was not something we had just gotten These are ones I just got And she points the new rings on her fingers It would have been amazing if the editors put up Prices on all the rings on her hand That is one, and it was sentimental You can ask John if you don't Believe me or if it's bothering you that I would Say that, but I'm just saying, and Monica goes I'm not saying I don't believe you, but at the Airport, that's not what you told me, that's all I'm saying I did not say that, Monica, I did not Say that. Okay, okay, I'm not going to fight you on this He just asked what was bothering me, and I I said it was just the 60, 60, 60, 60 more hand motions. And Lisa says, and I was highly stressed. So for me, it's more than just the ring. It's like saying like, oh, that's upsetting to me because I lost a ring and I'm upset about it. It doesn't mean I'm not relatable to the middle. (laughs) It doesn't mean I'm not relatable to the middle class. It doesn't mean I think I'm part of the 1%. It doesn't mean I think I'm better than anyone. Hell yeah, Lisa Barlow, salt of the earth. She's not the one percent; she's the ninety nine percent. Oh, it is ridiculous! Come on, this is—I love Lisa Barlow. Lisa, Lisa Barlow. She's for the little guy out there. Oh, come on, Lisa. This was so funny. Uh, she, she's Lisa Bar. But I will say, in her defense. She is like, she'll wear a $60,000 ring, but yet she'll chug an 88 ounce thirstbuster from 7 Eleven. She will, you know, have probably like a $30,000 purse, but she will chug down three seven layer burritos from Taco Bell. Like that to me, her fast food is the relatable stuff. Everything else, it's very hard to relate, but teach their own. Salt of the earth, Lisa Barlow. And Monica is like, well, you're right about that. I wasn't correct. You're definitely not the 1%. You're right. I wish Lisa would have been like, no, I take it back. I am the 1%. So Monica's here going like, oh, you're definitely not the 1%. You uh, obviously aren't rich enough, which was like a weak comeback. And Lisa's like, so I get you're trying to dig me now. So, okay, okay. And Monica goes, I'm not. I actually did research on what I said. Okay, Monica. And Monica goes, the 1% is like Shaquille O'Neal, the general. No, Like, where did she pull Shaquille O'Neal out of? Shaquille O'Neal, very wealthy man, but I would almost go like Elon Musk. I would, I mean, I would do like somebody that really, you know, like a big one, like Shaquille. Where did you get Shaquille O'Neal from? Um, you know, like Charles Barkley, um, uh, Marcus Jordan, Lars's man. Like, where is she pulling these names out of? Like, you did your research, and Shaquille O'Neal was like one percent up first one, Shaquille O'Neal. So uh, Heather kinds of smirks and laughs at this. And Monica's like, no, I'm serious. And Lisa's like, 1% is a pretty broad category. And Monica's like, yeah, I know. I mean, I'm just saying that you are very rich. I'm saying I spoke incorrectly. Can you imagine being in an argument and going, I know, I'm sorry, you are very rich. Heather to Andy goes, I'm just glad Shaquille O'Neal got the 1%. Not my first financial guru, but, you know, Jeffrey Bezos or Shaquille O'Neal. And Monica's like, well, I insulted you incorrectly. I'm sorry. And Andy goes, Lisa, you never found the ring. Never found it. The ring is gone. The ring is gone. My precious, it's me, Lisa Rinna. (laughs) My precious, I have the ring. I've hid it in a jar of Harry Rinna's bolognese. Oh my God, you guys, it's me, Lisa Rinna. Have you seen my new Cosmopolitan cover? (laughs) You can see my nipples. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen Lisa Rinna's nipples more than I've seen my own penis. Like, honestly, it is... It is uh, assaulting at this point. I'm like, I get it. You have two of them. Uh, I know exactly the layout of the whole thing. Uh, Anyways, Andy goes, where do you think the rumor started that you took the ring? And we see a screenshot of our good friend Dumois, her blind that says, allegedly all the snowflakes are sure that the broke snowflake stole the piece. And Monica goes, I mean, I think it started over there. And she points to the couch with Heather, Lisa, and Angie Kay. And Lisa goes, it did not start over with me. I didn't start it. And Andy goes, okay. Now, I will say, though, I think there is a good chance that one of these ladies did send that blind into DeMois because at that point, they knew about the reality of Antilles because they had filmed the season when that blind was sent to DeMois, right? So they do not like Monica at this point. Now, I also think that then us, the audience, the Twitter, the Instagram, the Reddit, we took it and ran with it and really pushed that rumor out there. And what I will say is that, Monica, when you are proven to have lied a bunch of times, you do then kind of put an air of suspicion around you in regards to this ring. Like at the end of the day, I don't think you took it. But unfortunately, I can't say that for sure. You know, I don't think you would. And in fact, she actually gives us a piece of information here in a second that kind of aids in that. Um, Heather goes, no, really, who do you think started that rumor that you stole your ring? And Lisa's like, who do you think started it? Because it wasn't me. And Monica's like, well, that's what I mean. and Annie's like. You thought Lisa started the rumor? And Monica's like, well, I thought Lisa and Heather. And Lisa's like, no, that's wrong. You're totally wrong. And Monica's like, let me ask you this. Why didn't you go online when you saw all the rumors and say, I do not think Monica stole that? And Lisa's like, I don't think I need to do that. I don't think it's my job to do that. And Heather's like, and maybe that's not what we thought. And then he's like, by the way, I will say this. And Monica's like, exactly. Thank you. In regards to what Heather just said. And Heather's like, well, I didn't say it out loud. And Monica's like, thank you. You just admitted it. And Heather's like, I didn't say it out loud. I don't need to defend something. That's not my fault. And Lisa's like. You know what, Monica? And then he's like, well, by the way, he keeps trying to get in there. Lisa's like, there are people that like, watch your behavior. And then he's like, well, I would have asked that the next time you're on Watch What Happens Live, if they thought you stole the ring. And Monica's like, watch my behavior. You think I would steal a $60,000 ring from you? There are people. It's $58,000, just to be clear. Oh, my God. Truth bomb. Revelation, not a 60K ring, 58,000. What else is Lisa Barlow lying about? My God, how can we trust this woman? I have a new one. It doesn't feel the same. I don't think of it the same. It looks good, but I like my other one and I want my other one. Daddy, I want it, please. I like that. I have a new one, but it doesn't feel or look the same. Monica goes, why are you looking at me when you said that? I don't have your ring. I'm not saying that. I'm looking over there because guess what? You are right here. I'm looking over there because I have a lazy eye. I'm sorry. I can't even see you from this distance. Monica's like, let me make this really clear because this is actually really damaging. (laughs) And actually it's easy. It's stereotypical and it's tired. And Lisa's like, what's stereotypical? What's stereotypical? And Angie K starts laughing. And Monica's like, To accuse me, go ahead, laugh it up, Angie. And Lisa's like, but why would that be stereotypical? And Angie K's like, speaking of easy, stereotypical, big mouth. And Monica's like, laugh it up. And Lisa's like, wait, why would it be stereotypical? I did not steal your ring, Lisa. And Angie K goes, what a hypocrite. And Lisa's like, okay, but wait, why would it be stereotypical? I'm only going to ask one more fucking time. And Monica's like, because you're saying like, I would steal it because I have less than you. So I'm going to steal it. And Angie K's like, she didn't say you stole it. And Monica's like, why are you talking? And Angie Angie is like, well, because I have just limited uh, camera time. I need to say something at this point. Uh, Angie's like, Why are you talking? You haven't stopped. And Monica's like, Why are you talking, you bench warming bitch? Shut up. And Angie K's like, Bitch, really? Say it in Greek. Say it in Greek. And Monica's like, Yes. And Angie K's like, You're so classy, Monica. And Monica's like, Stop talking, Angie K. I'm not talking to you. This doesn't even involve you. Just like most of the season. Boom. Shaka laka laka boom. This is the thing about Monica. She goes from wanting people to sympathize with her to a viper tongue that will fucking cut you down like a tree in the woods. Like my God, it's weird. She'll go from like, you're saying I have less than you to like, shut your fucking mouth. You bench warming bitch. That's wild. Isn't that crazy? I mean, that's called range. That's all the different colors of a rainbow in Monica Garcia. The other thing is, you know, it's not, she's not looking at you because she thinks you have less than her. I would imagine a lot of the people think you stole it because of the reality Montez, your association with Jen Shaw, a lot of confusion about your marriage, your relationship with your mom. There seems to be a lot of big trouble cloud over you and get it. I, I have trouble clouds over me. We all do at a certain point, but there seems to be a stack of things piling up that would give you motive to potentially take things, and you also are talking about having less, wanting to keep up with the Joneses, wanting to keep up with these ladies, and uh, like I said, I don't think she stole this ring, but I do understand why she would be looked at, you know? You know what it's Like why she would be the first one that we would look at? Okay, so they take a commercial break. We come back and Lisa's like, Monica, Monica, did we ever make you feel bad and say you had less than us? Never, never, because that would have been a good episode. Could you imagine if there was an episode where Lisa was like, you have less than us. Get the fuck out of here. Go in that Sprinter van with Mary. Go in that Sprinter van while Heather is peeing and puking herself. NGK's like, what did she say? And Heather's like, just like most of the season. And Angie is like, oh, really? But she talked about me from the beginning of it to the end. And Monica goes, I never took your ring. I didn't even go into the bathroom in Palm Springs until like 20, 30 minutes after you had lost your ring. Now that's a good piece of information, right? So she lost the ring in the bathroom, allegedly, and Lisa was in there for 20 or 30 minutes. And then Monica, God, now I just want a camera in that bathroom. Can you imagine? That's like a special Bravo episode too. I would watch 30 minutes of Lisa Barlow in a bathroom. Like, just like, where is it? I'm checking everywhere. And just people, strangers coming in to pee. Have you seen my ring? I'm Lisa Barlow. I've lost a very special ring. 60,000, 60,000, 60,000. And he says, we learned early on about your connection with Jen Shaw, Monica. Were you two close friends? Or how would you describe your relationship? And Monica's like, well, I would describe it as we were friends first. And then I was working for her. And then enemies, I guess. Yeah, just the normal pipeline of friendship. And Andy goes, so what did you specifically do for her? What was your job description? And Monica's like, she needed help at the time with, honestly, her life. And we see Angie laugh and roll her eyes. And Monica's like, well, now looking back and knowing everything, I'm like, OK, I get it. Like, I almost felt like I was just more of a, f- a friend, like the stuff I would do for her. Like I would go and get her groceries. I would make sure that she was on time to her freaking meetings or whatever. I would steal old people's social security numbers, just little things like that. And Andy's like, was she filming the show at this point? And Monica's like, um, I think you guys filmed season one. And remember, there was a a big gap of time from when they filmed season one to when they released it because of COVID. And Andy's like, "Okay, was she paying you? And Monica goes, no. And Andy says, so you were taking time away from your kids for a job that didn't pay? And Monica's like, yeah. And Heather goes, why were you doing it? And Lisa's like, why, Monica? And Andy's like, yeah. And Monica's like, honestly, she was my friend. She needed help. It didn't start like that. We were friends first. And I was like, I can help you until you need somebody. Until you find somebody I had a husband at home at the time and Heather's like so you don't have like Kim K started out as an assistant and look where it got her and I'll start out as an assistant and see where it gets me so Heather does this direct quote like oh you never said this and Monica's like um no and Heather's like well I actually I mean I would like you to hear something Monica that you said and Monica's like well I would love for you to read that Heather and Lisa's like I think we're gonna listen and Heather's like it's just for a little bit of clarity and Andy's like oh it's an audio recording. And this would be great if it was like a DJ, like, wicka 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 wicka. oh, Kim K, Kim K. <laughs> like, this is wild. Heather has an audio recording ready to go. And the other women must know about it. Cause Lisa literally goes, I think we're going to listen. So Heather plays this recording of Monica. Now this must've been something she sent to Tanisha because Monica let us know last week that Tanisha saved all of her audio recordings. Now this, I mean, truly, Monica, for somebody that is devious, running this uh, troll account, all of this stuff. What a dum-dum for you to send so many voice notes of wild things. Like, you know, everybody's saying she's really thought out, but at the same time, not really thought out at the same time. This seems like really sloppy, loose ends for you to let all this stuff out there. So Tanisha, um, Heather Gay's hairdresser, which a lot of people have said about this really... Funny things to say about Heather's hair. So I don't know if Tanisha is considered a great hairstylist or not, but that's besides the point. Anyways, Tanisha must have given this or all the voice recordings to Heather Gay. So Heather plays this and it's Monica's voice going, Fucking Kim Kardashian was a fracking assistant, and look at that bitch now. Um, I can fully admit that the whole reason why I was an assistant and putting up with that shit was as a stepping stone as a learning experience. And um, you know, it is funny though, because didn't monica garcia like tape jen and put that out and now she's you know tapes of her are being put out like that is kind of instant karma in a sense but also you know yeah kim kardashian wasn't assistant for paris hilton remember and at the same time i don't think there's anything wrong with this i don't think this is like the jaw dropper that they all think it is because it's like yeah man you were all hoping for things once you were on this show. You were all hoping to be in, we're all hoping to be in a better position than we are now. And we all do things to kind of set ourselves ahead. Like she obviously bet on the wrong horse. And yeah, she did not do this out of friendship with Jen. I'm sure at first she liked Jen. Yeah, you like somebody that talks big and spends big money and has a lot of people around them. And, you know, is going to be on a show, of course you're going to say they're your friend. That's really exciting at first until you see how they really are. But yeah, like I didn't think this was truly out of friendship. I don't think any of these ladies are true, true, real, real friends. I mean, their bonds are getting stronger the more seasons they do. But no... Well, all these ladies throw each under the uh, throw each other under the bus. In fact, later on in this episode, they all start throwing each other. They argue with each other away from Monica. And he goes, OK, so that proves what that she was doing it to get on the show. And Heather nods. And Andy's like, well, were you being her assistant to get on the show? And Monica's like, well, I didn't think I would ever end up on the show, honestly. And I think there is truth in that of like, well, I wish I would. But I didn't think I would. Um, but Monica goes, but why wouldn't I try to get on the show? And Heather goes, well, I was just clarifying that. I don't think you were her friend helping her. And Monica's like, well, I applied just like everybody else. And Heather goes, well, I think you had an agenda. And Monica's like, I was her friend, Heather. And Heather's like, well, you had an agenda. And Monica's like, I didn't, when I met her, I didn't even know she was on the show. I don't believe that and he's like as this situation went on with her as you are you comfortable saying that yeah that you thought oh well maybe i'll get on the show as a result of it and monica's like honestly when i applied to get on the show i applied just like everybody else sitting here and heather's like how did you apply and angie k like i didn't apply i was referred linkedin no i just love that angie k was referred i didn't apply i was referred and lisa's like I didn't apply. I like helped bring the show to Utah. So I didn't apply. And Monica's like, okay, well everyone else that has to apply now. And Heather goes, how, how did you apply now? And Andy's like, okay, you talked to casting. And Monica's like, I emailed the email for casting like everybody else. And Heather's like, and said what Heather calm down. And Monica's like, I said, my name is Monica Monica Fowler and your show sucks and your ratings are shit. And it's going to get canceled because you don't have the right cast. And Andy kind of looks offended here of like, Oh, and when he's like, "Wow, wow, wow," and Lisa's like, "Wow," and then he's like, "Did it suck?" Um, and the rating sucked. And Monica's like, "That's what I said. I'm being honest." And now this is a great editor troll because there's a screenshot of Monica's actual email to casting comes on the screen and it reads, "Reaching out in regards to your casting call! Exclamation point. Would love more information on what needs to be done or how to move forward. You guys need a feisty excommunicated Latina on the show immediately! Exclamation point. I'm your girl." Exclamation point, Monica F. Now that's a pretty strong email. It's not what she said she wrote. Who knows if what she said came out later. But also I think there's a thing with Monica where she talks tough, you know, where she talks tough in these situations. But this, you know, is, yeah, like this kind of describes her. And Andy's like, wow. And Monica's like, well, that's what I said. And Andy goes, a lot of viewers had questions about your friend at the Secret Secret Service, Monica, telling you that there was an active case against Jen, since that doesn't seem like information. And Monica's like, that's not what I said. And Andy's like, okay, what was it? And Monica's like, well, he did not say there was an active case. He said, get away from Jen Shaw. She's going to prison. By the way, I don't think you need Secret Service to tell you that. That's what shocks me about all these ladies. You don't need Secret Service to tell you to get away from Jen Shaw. We all just kind of knew. And he goes, and then how did you go from there to becoming an informant against her? And Monica's like, well, um, I talked to the federal investigators. And Andy's like, did you reach out to them? And she's like, I did. Yeah. Um, I, w- I w- It would be great. It would be great if this Secret Service... The federal investigators provided the email from Monica of like, hey, what's up, you guys? I think you need a fiery, excommunicated Latina to help your case against Jen Shah. Monica F. (laughs) Monica goes, yeah, I said I had information about your case. I think I did the right thing. And I think that everyone here probably should have done the right thing, too. And that's kind of a burn because I kind of pseudo agree with that. Like all these ladies knew Jen wasn't on the up and up. You can say that, you know, like, come on, Whitney was the only person that kind of was like, I kind of knew to read things and like, wait and see. But I think a lot of these ladies knew that everything wasn't on the up and up. And they, I think they did have little pieces of information. And I think this was a little bit of a good jab by Monica. And he says, well, we got a lot of questions for people wanting to know how the affair with your brother-in-law started. Remember, she cheated on her husband with her husband's sister's husband, sister's husband. Yeah. So Monica goes, okay, first of all, I need to start by saying that that happened over a decade ago. And as far as everybody here, especially Heather have had very deep conversations about that and how painful that was for me. And you guys were actually wonderful. It wasn't about bragging or not taking accountability in regards to this situation. Monica says, I don't think taking accountability means self-shame and self-hating for the rest of my life. I was excommunicated. I bore the scarlet letter. I still do. I was re-baptized. I went through the whole rebaptism process in the church, the Mormon church, you guys. And Heather's like, she cried when she told me about being excommunicated. And we talked about how unfair the process is and how she had come back. Heather's like, I was writing it down for bad Mormon too, electric boogaloo. Uh, Monica goes, yeah, it really was hard. And Heather's like, and to get re-baptized in the Mormon church is a big deal. You have to take the m- missionary discussions all over. You have to go through the interview process. You have to get special high up permissions, high upper permissions, and then to get remarried. And Lisa's like, your friend said you read the Bible every day. And for Lisa, that's the most intense part because remember she admitted she hasn't even read the Bible. I'm starting it. It's a good book, but I'm finishing this John Grisham book first. Um, and Andy's like, wow. And Monica starts to cry. Andy hands her a tissue. And Andy's like, well, are you still in touch with the former brother-in-law? And she's like, No. Are he and his brother estranged? And Monica says, so it's, it's brother-in-law. So it's not Mike's actual brother. And Andy's like, well, that's an important detail. And Monica's like, I mean, it's not. And Andy's like, well, I think it is. And Monica's like, well, it was still very shitty. And Andy's like, well, I mean, it was, but a little less shitty maybe. And Monica's like, "Mm." and when he's like, yeah, maybe a little less inbred. That's a joke about Whitney from the first season. And Andy's like, give yourself some grace all right, we got our first grace, the first word usage of grace in a this Salt Lake City reunion. I love the word grace in a Housewives episode. Monica says, it was honestly, everyone is hearing about it for the first time, which is crazy because I'm like reliving it. Like I'm constantly being called a whore online and in my comments, they are nasty. It's wild. This was one of those times where I was like, Monica, girl, maybe don't talk about online abuse when you've online abused. And Andy said, well, relating to this. And she's like, yeah, my brother-in-law, the situation. And when he's like, it hits different when the internet comes after you and trolls come after you with nasty things, because I too admitted that I've had an affair and, um, been called every name in the book and you think you're over it. And then you get on a show and Instagram takes off and trolls come in. It's hard. Nobody brings uh, up the, the reality von T's thing. Heather goes, the comments really hurt. Um, And this is a commercial break right here. Uh, You guys know probably better than me. Whitney had an affair with on Justin or was this pre Justin when they were hooking up at Justin's work? Is that what she's talking about? An affair with Justin or an affair while she was married to Justin? I was a little curious about that. You guys probably know better than me. I was trying to remember it. Um, Anyways, we come back and Andy's like, welcome back. Well, the Salt Lake City women vowed to start the year with fresh powder. Um and fresh starts, but it didn't take long for this crew to draw their lines in the snow, <laughs> lines in the snow, landing several friendships in hot water, bath water, to be exact. Take a look. And this is a collection of scenes from the season involving Meredith. So first we have Meredith and Whitney on the slopes, and Meredith's like, Whitney, I don't believe that you own the things you say. Uh, Because we left New York and I thought we were in neutral, peaceful zone. And the next thing I'm seeing is that Whitney did an interview in the press. She said, it creeps me out to get a bubble bath with someone else. That was a funny joke, Meredith. I'm sorry that my bath joke offended you. We don't want to lose brain cells over this. Save your brain cells. And then a scene in Palm Springs where Meredith is the, the iconic, like, breakdown at the dinner. She's like, there are a lot of things happen that are a lot fucking deeper than this nonsense. There are children who are going to be disabled for the rest of their lives. Peace out. Whenever Meredith is put on the spot, this is what she does. She pulls in some big thing that she's going through. And then Whitney's like, so it's someone, um, sister-in-law, grandson's three-year-old, and it's a headache and this and that. Uh, like, what's it really about? Don't you go there. You take a sick child who has suffered the rest of his life to weaponize against. Don't you dare. And then we have a scene with Meredith and Lisa talking and said, we've had trouble. Uh, I want progression, Meredith, especially with, friendships where there's always room for growth with meredith i'm going to look forward and then we have a scene with whitney and lisa where whitney's like oh my god heather's calling me and heather uh heather's like what's up lisa barlow um i'm with my bestie whitney and heather's like you two are like peas in a pod and then we have a car scene with uh Angie and Whitney. Whitney's in the car, Angie's on the phone, and Angie's like, I am so sorry for your loss because Whitney lost her friend. And then we have a scene of Meredith hugging Whitney, all the ladies hugging Whitney, and Lisa's like, Hey guys, what's going on? Oh my God, I got you these gifts, Heather. And then we have Whitney confronting Lisa Barlow. Everything's about you. No, it's not. No, it's not. And uh, I'm sorry for your loss. It is, Lisa. And I'm always there for you. No, no. Listen, listen. Oh, my God. I'm sorry for your loss. Fuck this. Fuck this. (laughs) Then we have Whitney and Heather and Whitney going, I want to like forge new, uh, you know, a new path as friends. Uh, no, sorry. Heather says that, and Whitney's like, "Well, it's going to be hard for me to trust you that you really want to be my friend." And then a scene with Lisa Barlow, where Lisa is like, "I guess you had a conversation with Heather, where I'm self-absorbed, and you're helping me better be a better person." And then we flash back to that scene in Bermuda, where Lisa Barlow and Heather are talking, and Heather saying, "Well, when I was talking to Whitney, she said she's like helping you be intuitive and healing." And back to that scene at dinner. And when he's like, what the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? Why are you meddling in my friendship with Lisa? I'm not. How is that meddling? She's spinning this because she's attacking. Why are you meddling? Why are you meddling? And Heather's like, I said what you said. Word for word. Heather, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and Angie K just drinks her wine. That was one of my favorite lines of the season of just the simplicity of Whitney going, Heather, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up, Heather. Now (laughs) we are back and Andy's like, okay, um, all right. um, Interesting. Interesting stuff. Um, There's a lot there. Well, we started off the season with our two best friend duos back in action. Um, Meredith and Lisa, where do you two stand today? And finally, Meredith gets to do some talking in this reunion. And Meredith's like, well, we've had a few bumps along the road for sure, but we have gotten... To a much better place much better place Andy I feel like we're building a new friendship yes yes we are I feel like we went through so much like it's too hard to go back there and it's like starting over and Andy's like so Heather and Whitney where are you today and Heather's like well it was easy to get back to like true love you know but there's still stuff you know we're working through constantly and Whitney's like yeah there's many trust issues still I think it's the same thing our relationship it just..." Looks different now. And he's like, yeah, um, okay, Meredith, Whitney called you out for your extraneous excuses. Watching the show back, did it make you see it from Whitney's point of view that when you, you're backed into a corner, you tend to deflect or you think it's unfair? Now it's so interesting in this, uh, these group of scenes right here, when Andy is pointing out behavior that the other women have said about the other women, none of the women are able to accept their behavior. They fight against everything. Meredith goes, well, actually, it's quite the opposite. So Meredith's like, no, it's, um, full of shit. No. Um, everybody has here has their own things they go through. Whitney lost her friend, and you know, that's obviously horrible, you know, very sad. And when Lisha approached you, you said, uh, I'm sorry, I can't talk about this right now. Lisha cried about her makeup, and I respected that. I respect people's feelings. Remember when Lisa did that at the drag thing? And she's like, I paid for glam and I'm going to use it. I don't want to dress and drag. And Mary says, and I feel that mine are not given the same respect. And Andy goes, well, the rap on you is that you only bring it up when you're confronted that that they don't know about it. In other words, you'll be in the middle of the fight and you'll say, well, X is happening or Y is happening. Now, this is such a great uh, technique that Andy uses in uh, reunions where he'll never say, um, well, I think, or what I saw, he'll always be like, well, a lot of people had said, or the rap on you is he'll never first person it. He'll never say, well, what I believe. And I think it's such a smart thing because he can't do that. He's got to steer the ship. And when he's like, yeah. And I had no idea that you were going through that with your friend, Meredith. So I, I could answer that. I'll, I'll answer that. Okay. With my friend, I found out that morning I was extremely upset. So I kept trying to push it away and push it away. And I finally, I just reached a breaking point. I'm human. And so, yes. That's why it came out that moment. I was trying to, like, not deal with it. And Lisa's like, do you see, though, how it can be perceived that way? I hear what you're saying. I totally hear you. Yes, Lisa Barlow, I do see how it could be perceived that way. Because most of the women in this group don't care enough To bother asking me. This isn't what a solid friendship group this is. This is what I'm saying. It's not just Monica. It's like, Ramirez like, none of these women care about me at all. When he goes, but we do. I personally do care. That's why I had that conversation with you. And Lisa's like, I see both sides in this too, because I feel like in some situations, I'm like Meredith where I'm trying to do my best and it's not being appreciated. Now, Lisa Barlow, there's a full Lisa Barlow where she's like, totally Meredith, let me bring it back to me. (laughs) This is like very Kyle Richards coded. So in that regard, I see Meredith's side, but I also like... I how sometimes it can look as an excuse. So I see both sides. And I think now that we know that, like for you, this is important. <laughs> she leaves out the A and important, important. You know, that you're like, hear me, let me talk about it. When he's like, yeah. And Lisa's like, we can revisit it at another time. I'm not equipped to deal with it right now, or I'm gonna get ugly. I think that's fair, but like you see both sides too, right? And when he's like, you just have to see the perception, we're hearing you. And Meredith goes, well, that's fine. That's fine. You can perceive as you want. But the reality is I don't need an excuse. You've all seen me in a multitude of situations where it's too heated. I know it's not going to have a positive outcome. And Lisa's like, and you said you disengage. And Mary's like, so I'm disengaging. And Lisa's like, yeah, your tagline. And Mary's like... I don't need an excuse. And then we see flashbacks of Meredith disengaging in 2020 and 2021. And Meredith goes, I have no problem. And by the way, it's so great because Meredith still does disengage, but she must've been told by the producers, stop saying disengaging. (laughs) You're going to disengage or we're going to find you. Meredith goes, I have no problem walking out on my own two feet with no excuse. And you've seen it a hundred times. So to put it on me as I'm making up excuses and to trivialize things that were hurting me is just, It's not nice. It hurts. And he's like, I think you're more sensitive than everyone thinks. I'm like, I think, I I think we all think she's pretty sensitive when he's like, well, I don't think that's what we're trying to do. And Heather is ice queen has a heart. We learned that this season when he's like, Meredith, putting it back on you wasn't to hurt you, but bringing it up was to say, Meredith, do you see what I'm seeing? And Lisa's like, I'm Whitney. I think the same can be said for you too. Like everybody processes things in a different way. Like when you lost your friend, Sherry, I don't know how to handle it. I do know that I hugged you as soon as I gave Heather all of her things. And I asked, are you okay? And you said you didn't want to talk about it right now we get a flashback to Meredith's event right after Whitney's friend passed where Lisa comes in speaks to Heather and some of the other ladies but she finally hugs Whitney and Lisa's like are you doing okay and when he's like i mean no but i'm here it feels so real right like i have chills are you okay and when he's like no but i'm strong okay yeah And then in the reunion, Lisa's like, I handed her the gifts. I gave you a hug. And I asked how you're doing. And in fact, in Bermuda, you said, you asked me how I was doing too many times. That's what upset me. That's what triggered me. And then we get a flashback to that Bermuda trip where Lisa's like, I can tell you our complete conversation. And when he's like, so can I. You said, I'm strong. And so I was like, do I back off? And Heather goes, and you said, I don't want to talk about it, Whitney. I'm okay. And when he's like, you just kept saying, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? 60,000, 60,000, 60,000. And Lisa's like, I did. I kept checking on you. And that was like antagonizing me to not be okay. And Lisa's like, but then if I don't say that, then I'm not checking in on you. So I'm in a zero win situation. Now I'm shocked, but I actually kind of agree with Lisa Barlow here. It seems like she was trying in her Lisa Barlow way. It just feels like Whitney wanted something more from Lisa, more than just checking on her. I think she wanted a real bonding moment. And maybe even Whitney doesn't even realize exactly what she wanted or needed, but she needed something more than just the checking on from Lisa in particular. So Lisa in the reunion says, and you were so clearly triggered by the fact that I had gifts to give Heather, like from her book signing. No, 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 no. Whitney, I am not wrong. The truth of it is, I am not wrong, Whitney. I was dancing on eggshells with you, and I care about you, and my intention was not to hurt you or be dismissive of you. Do you see how it looked from my perspective? I saw how it looked on the show, (laughs) and I know how I experience it because I am very aware. But do you know how it looks from my perspective? I was talking to you and Angie exclusively the days leading up. And did I give you any sign the days leading up that I was not a friend to you and that I was not attentive to you and that I didn't care? Yeah, after I called you out at my house, you started creating distance. No, no, that is absolutely not true. It is absolutely true. After you called me out at your house, you chastised me at your house. It wasn't even a call out. Remember that? When Lisa was like, fuck this, fuck this, motherfucking fuck, bitch, shit, fuck, bitch. And when he was like, I have kids. um, Justin's out of town. It's weird if a lady is cursing downstairs, they'll think something's wrong with their mother. <laughs> Lisa Barlow's doing deaf comedy jam in the kitchen. What the fuck is going on with this world? Fucking bitch, shit, fuck. Um, So Lisa's like, you chastise me over and over again. You just can't take criticism, Lisa Barlow. Do you need to leave? Do you need a break? You take everything as a personal attack. Are you okay? No, I'm not okay because I've given you grace. We've now used the word grace twice. Like there are so many things I sweep under the rug to make sure we're fine. And when he's like, same, well, then say what they are right now. So These ladies, they're all hearing each other. They're all loving each other. We go to commercial break. We come back and Lisa's like, let's air it all out it's this. I can't ever have a conversation with you. And Andy's like, okay, well, we're not going to. No, because you're telling me, you're telling me what happened when it's on camera. And I gave Heather the stuff. As soon as my arms were free, I hugged you and said to you, are you okay? And you said, you don't want to talk about it. You gave off that vibe. Like nothing I was going to do was going to be okay. And Monica's like, oh my God. And when he goes, I was just irritated that I had seen you going around the room. And Meredith jumps in and goes, I mean, I think for all of us, we have a different history. We have different experiences. And if someone says they're hurting, if someone says something was traumatizing or upsetting, perhaps the thing to do is... Respect that. And if you don't understand that, ask questions. And another important thing to do is give me a fucking bathtub in Bermuda, you fucking bitches. It's all I fucking ask for is a bathtub. Jesus Christ. We're talking about this and that. The whole fucking thing, Andy, is asking why they didn't give me a fucking bathtub. Andy goes, okay. Andy from Beverly Hills says, Angie, who are you? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Hey, <laughs> Andy from Beverly Hills says, Angie, why were you so quick to forgive Monica when she was the one spreading the gay room? This is not funny. The gay rumors about your husband that literally made him cry, especially since your daughter is going to see this in the future. And Angie's like, well, I wanted to be on TV. So no, also. I'm a little confused. I need to go back and watch these episodes because didn't Whitney ask Monica to say it in the moment? Like, I'm confused. Didn't Whitney hear this rumor as well as Monica? And this is where I, I wish we had started with the reality of on T's thing because I'm really confused. Was Monica making up these rumors or are these actual rumors? And the rumors, I am very confused about this part because I want to know about this. I want to know about the Greek mafia stuff. I want to know about the tax information. I want to know if that all came from Monica and the Reality Von Tees thing. Was Monica making more fake accounts than just Reality Von Tees, or is this really out there in the hard streets of salt lake city that sean was you know like or was this all coming from monica because then it gets really even way more serious and damaging because the sean stuff in particular is just really gross it really really any way you cut it it's not funny it's not cute it's really creepy it's really damaging and it's gross and Kay's like well, yeah, I think at the time I was really confused because Monica continued to say, she's saying this, she's saying that. So in the moment, I was really focused on Meredith being the one. And when I went to the dessert shop, Monica really cried. And, you know, I'm a very empathetic person. Um, I'm Greek. I felt sorry for her situation with her mom. I think I gave her a lot of grace. We've now said it three times. So I went backwards and put it back on Meredith. And that's also why Lisa was hurt because, oh, I was very hurt. And Angie goes, hold on, let me finish, baby gorgeous. And you know, and, and, and Lisa was like, "Ha!" But Lisa was like, fucking A, don't ever fucking cross me on a reunion again. Are you fucking kidding me, you Greek Terminator glass looking fucking weirdo? And Angie's like, because I think we both really knew where it was stemming from, but I gave her the benefit of the doubt and I was wrong. But you know, the funny thing is it's like, yeah, Monica, this stuff stems from her, but then it's like all this other stuff. Like Meredith treated uh, Angie K shitty at times. It's not like Monica was the only issue this season. Okay. So Monica laughs and Angie, K's, Angie K goes, I did. I did. What are you laughing at? And Monica's like, Well, I'm laughing because you keep phrasing it as if I started the rumor. All I did was tell you. And Angie K goes, You did. You started it on national television. And Monica's like, Well, it's cable. No. Monica goes, I didn't start it. And Lisa's like, You doubled down on it. And then he's like, You brought it out on national television. And Monica's like, Yeah, I said that. I said, I repeated it. And Angie K goes, but you waited for the cameras. And Lisa goes, she also told you I didn't say it to her and you believed her instead of me. And Andy Kay's like, yeah, yeah. I think the bottom line is in hindsight, I regret that I really bought and fell for everything that Monica was saying. She lied a lot today. She's lied a lot, you know, last season and Monica's like, Oh, my God. And Angie K goes, so I've learned my lesson, but in the moment I felt sorry for her. And I really felt like she cared about me as a friend and she never was. So Andy's right. And Andy goes, Estero from Southern California said, Angie, how did you feel about Lisa calling you weak and a liar? And Angie K goes, I hated it. It hurt my feelings because Lisa knows that I am not weak. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, sure. She, she's seen me address and She's seen me fight a gang, a pack of just wild animals. Now, she's seen me address and confront some really tough situations. Uh, One time, they didn't have the exact size of glasses I wanted at the Louis Vuitton store, and it was so tough. No, she goes, "Um, I think Lisa also knows that I'm not a liar. I've been really very forthright as a friend. I'm a loyal friend. And I think it really takes a lot more strength to hold your composure, to stay quiet and patient and loving and kind to a friend, knowing that they may not have the best response." Um, you know, this is all well and good, but you know, you and I just keep thinking about how Monica got on the show. And I think that was through Jen Shaw. Right. And remember when Monica paid for Jen for coach Shaw's birthday party and had it at their place and stuff. And then that was a storyline last season. Like Monica, at the same time, she had an agenda as well. She was desperate to get on the show. Once again, I'm not saying that's a bad thing a lot of women are desperate to get on this show, but it is the reality of this situation. And it doesn't make her not a good friend. It doesn't make her loyal. It doesn't make her all of these things, but it is funny because Monica put up with a lot of shit from a lot of ladies to be at that couch right now. She put up with a lot of shit this season. Meredith didn't invite her on the fucking Palm Springs trip. And when he goes, why did you call her a liar? And Lisa's like, I think that for me, why I said that is I felt really hurt. I felt like I looked extremely stupid arguing with her because I had no idea you guys made up. I had no idea on Greek Easter that she told you Meredith was not the start of the rumor. She said it wasn't Meredith. It was me. So I'm going in there thinking I'm a loyal friend and I'm beyond authentic authentic and you weren't in the middle of me and Monica because I said to you if you're good with Monica then I really shouldn't have a beef with Monica because my old thing is being loyal to you and saying what you said about Sean was wrong and I will stand by that every single day I think it's a lie and I think it was wrong I don't think you should have ever said it because we all know it's not true and then she turns to Angie K and are we friends yes was I hurt really badly absolutely because I'm like how are you in the middle I'm taking your side and Angie He's like, yeah, and I can see why Lisa felt that way. But the bottom line is, you know, I was very hurt that you were that quick to say I was weak and I was a liar because, you know, I'm not any of that. OK, <laughs> I like that. Angie's like leading the witness, right? Say it. Please tell people that I am not weak. Please, Lisa, please. Lisa's like, well, in the moment you are lying to me because you were withholding things. You were withholding information. And Meredith goes lying by omission. Yes. And Angie K is like, and I was, and I watched our conversation. I took accountability. I said, there were things I would do different moving forward. I was acknowledging everything I could have done different to grow as a human Lisa. I felt the conversation was very one-sided. You didn't really do a lot of self-reflecting in the moment. No, because you were saying you were playing both sides. You were not being Monica's friend. You weren't being my friend. And Angie K goes, I know. And I admitted that I admitted that it was, I wasn't being forthright. And Meredith goes, yeah, or mine. I was just saying that. Then not sharing with Lisa what Monica told you about me had a massive, massive impact on my relationship with Lisa. And Angie goes, yeah, she saw it when she watched it, though. Oh, you mean, in, oh, you mean in real time? Okay, got it, got it, got it. And Andy goes, Whitney, do you stand by your statement that Lisa lacks self awareness and makes every situation about herself? <laughs> and Whitney goes, yes. And Heather goes, yes. And when he's like, well, yes. And Lisa's like, no, I do not. (laughs) So two yeses, then a no from the person they're talking about. And Andy goes, okay. And Lisa goes, do I get to defend myself? And Monica goes, shut up, honestly. And when he goes but you have defended yourself already. And Lisa's like, no, I don't get to defend myself, but I hate when my intentions are so misinterpreted. We need a Lisa Barlow interpreter. It's like, I just speak a different language. And I think it's like East coast, West coast. And when he goes, no, I think that it's actually when you ignore us after a confrontation, like, After a confrontation happens, you don't respond to text. You start like creating distance. That's when it becomes very difficult. And then Lisa goes, I do do that. And she's smiling. She's like, yes, I love when Lisa's like, oh yeah, no, I do do that. That's what you mean? Of course. Yes. I do think this is interesting too, because. It does seem like, like I said just a couple minutes ago about Whitney's relationship with Lisa, is that she really wants more with Lisa. She really wants it. She really is excited about this relationship. And I think it's interesting because I think it sounds like uh, from this interpretation that Lisa, she'll shoot her scenes, she'll get really invested, and then she'll pull back and live her actual life. And I think it confuses people like Whitney that wants to keep that relationship going. That's how the text kind of, that's what I'm reading through this text. And Lisa goes, I do do that because I would rather take a step back because like I told you, I'm a fucking bulldog. I'm Lisa Barlow bulldog. And when he goes, but you have to say you're doing it, I will come hard. And Monica's like, oh God. And when he's like, but as your friend, can you just say, I need space? I'll talk when I'm ready. I'm bulldogging right now. And Lisa's like, yeah, I can do that instead of just ghosting. And Andy's like, okay. And Lisa's like, it's not a problem to do that. And Andy goes, Whitney, do you really think you're solely responsible for Lisa's growth as a person? And when he's like, no, I have nothing to do with that. And Andy goes, Lisa, at dinner on the first night in Bermuda, what did Whitney mean when she said no one at the table would understand your friendship? And Lisa's like, I think the biggest point she was trying to make is it's a real friendship. And there's a shot of Whitney and she's just smiling, like she's really proud of it. And that's why even when Heather asked me if we were friends, I was like, yeah, we're friends. And Heather's like, yeah. Every time I asked her, she's like, I love Whitney. We're real friends. And when he's like, we have built a real friendship. And Andy's like, so Heather and Lisa are you two bad leather? And Lisa laughs. <laughs> and Heather goes, well, good leather. <laughs> and Andy's like, you're good leather. And Heather's like, good leather, <laughs> not bad weather, good leather. And when he's like, that might be the shadiest thing you've ever said. And he's like, really? Well, that's saying something. We're back from commercial break and Maris like, Heather, did anyone bring you in a fresh martini? They're like about to shoot again. And Heather's like, you did not bring one in, but I probably could. Could anyone get me one? And when he's like, can we all have an espresso martini? That would be so amazing. And Mary's like, well, I have one sitting in my green room. I love that Mary's like, well, you know, I have, uh, I've got pears. I got weed. I've got uh, a special martini. What do you want? I got it. I got, do you want guns? I've got everything back in my dressing room. I got all this shit. You want, I got fake identities. I could get you to Cuba in like a day. Um, When he's like, I want one. And Mary goes, well, I had two ships and then I left. And when he's like, that would heat us up, the espresso martinis. Well, I should have read it down there. I didn't I didn't even think about it. I didn't even think. And he goes, welcome back. Well, when it comes to the marriages in this group, Meredith and Seth weren't the only ones hanging by a thread, their podcast name. The most scandalous marital dramas this season was the accusation that behind Angie's giant sunglasses, she was hiding rumors and nastiness. Andy loves to do this voice as much as I love to do it. Uh the rumors and the nastiness about her family. Watch. And we see this package where Seth is asking Meredith, like, what's the freaking rumor with Angie K? What's going on here? I'm from Canton, Ohio. I've got a big business. And then we have Meredith's iconic The Rumors and the nastiness. You wanna go there with husband? We can go there with You can leave. And then we have a scene of Whitney and Monica revealing the rumor about Sean to Angie Kay, where it's really brutal where it's like, Monica's like, he fucks other men. Sean then crying to Angie. This is actually really kind of an emotional scene. He's like, it's not about the gay rumor. It's the adultery that bothers me. Electra, our daughter will hear about this. And this really is very shitty. And he says, Whitney, at what point did Justin stop wearing his wedding ring? And why? And when he's like, You know, it was never really about the wedding ring um, itself. It was more about the pressure I was feeling of the change in our dynamic because I actually feel bad. Um, The wedding ring stopped fitting him. Oh, okay. And I wasn't made aware of that until he showed me that it physically was uncomfortable for him. And, you know, my man is a big man. And Andy's like, yeah. Um, after that moment, he started wearing it on his necklace. And then he's like, how are the two of you doing? We're doing much better, Um, much better. We've been married for 14 years. 14 years is a long time, ups and downs. And if you look at everything that i brought just in my own trauma in the marriage, Justin is an incredible human being. And Lisa's like, he's a saint. And Heather's like, he's a good guy. When he's like, and therapy has helped a lot. I will say this. And I said at the beginning of the season that I did not buy that. Whitney and Justin were having real issues. I think they were having 14 years in a marriage issues, but I also thought it was not convenient for a storyline, but like, okay, let's explore these things that we're going through knowing that we're okay. I think there was a little bit of that. I don't think it was fake, but I think it was pushed a little in that direction. So Andy goes, Lisa, you and Whitney were very close this season. Were you aware of the problems she was having with Justin? No. One time she made a comment at the roller skating rink that she like was upset with Justin and she quipped at him. Quickly, And that was it. That was the extent of it. She didn't go into detail. They seemed happy and fine. And when he's like hindsight, Andy, and it wasn't really about our relationship. It was about everything that has happened over the last couple of years. Me going through a lot of trauma work, like friendships changing, like Heather and I's friendship breakup took a major toll on me in this situation. And Heather's like, and on me and Justin. So obviously Justin has been weird with Heather, which I love that about a husband where it's like, yo, you're going to mess with my girl. You're messing with me. And he's like, yes. And when he's like, I had a lot on my plate and the husband's. um are the ones we take it out on? Uh, she kind of did Meredith's voice there. And he's like, yeah. And when he's like, and Justin is a man, of few words, he's not the best communicator, but he lays it down in the bedroom. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> sorry. And he goes, um, well, by the way, you said that you don't believe people are meant to be monogamous. And when he's like, no, I think that it takes work. And then he's like, well, how does that play into your relationship? It doesn't play into it. Okay. And Heather's like, it wasn't a tease. And then he's like, right. And Heather's like, I was like, what is Whitney setting down here? And Lisa's like, she's in a throuple. And when he's like, no, I think like the sentiment was that it takes a lot of work to stay married. And then he's like, yeah. And uh, and he's like, well, Meredith, you. uh, And then I think, I swear to God, this wasn't in the like the closed captioning. But I think Whitney said, we are sluts. (laughs) I'm not joking. And he goes, Meredith, you and Seth had seen other people when you were separated. Does that make you appreciate him more? And Mary's like, I mean, in my case, a hundred percent. And he's like, yeah, well, I don't know if it always works that way for people, but in our case, a hundred percent, it was really sexy. Ooh. It made me appreciate my tall drink of water. Seth, uh, I wish Andy would ask a little more questions about her time in New York and about the Lisa Barlow. She's fucked half the people in New York. And he goes, all right, Monica, news of your divorce had been in the press recently. You said at BravoCon it was finalized in October. How does it feel to be officially divorced? And Monica's like, well, I don't know. I mean, I've, we've been separated for two and a half years. So it kind of just feels the same, honestly. And Andy goes, I read that you're going to get $6,600 a month in child support. That has to feel good. And Monica just shrugs. She's like, yeah, I guess. And he goes, no, I mean, it's support. Yeah, it is. Well, and when he's like, it's good support. And Andy goes, in your divorce documents, I guess it said that your company had zero value. Could that be true? And Monica's like, yeah, when COVID hit, I just shut everything down. And he's like, oh, you did? Mm-hmm. So it's not going right now. And Monica's like, well, you know, with the show, it got, and he's like, you should get it going with the show. And when he's like, yeah, I was going to say, I helped you with your photo shoot. Monica's like, yeah, yeah. And Heather's like, yeah. And I bought blankets for friends. And Monica's like, no, I want to restart it. And Annie's like, you should immediately. (laughs) And he's like, before we have to let you go, you better start it. And Heather goes, well, I haven't gotten them yet, but I ordered them. Heather throwing in that little dig. And Monica goes, but manufacturing stopped. I feel like everyone in the world knows when COVID happened, everything shut down. And when he's like, that's when my business boomed. And Monica goes, and I pretty much shut down. So when they went back on our taxes and they like, what did you make in 20, 21, 22? I didn't have any income. Well, I mean- what Jen Shaw and he goes got it and Heather's like but it's active now you can buy blankets today and Monica's like yes and he's like got it and then Meredith goes and are people getting them delivered when they buy them Monica because they were complaining online that they were not uh, Meredith always knowing the information what's going on in the streets and Monica goes I know because I didn't have enough I didn't expect people to buy that much so I had to reorder and I've refunded a lot of orders actually Andy goes, um, it was sad seeing Sean, Angie, get emotional about the cheating allegations. How are you, Sean and Electra, doing after all this is aired and everything? And Angie's like, well, we're Greek, so doing great. Uh, I think, you know, the big thing is, you know, there's a couple of weeks in there where you're hearing about it on the internet, internet, you're hearing about it in your business because, you know, someone felt like they should drop that on national television. And he goes, You had never heard this rumor before. And Angie K goes, No. And I'm I'm gonna be really clear, because I feel like there was a lot of confusion. 30 years ago, when Sean and I first met, people would say, "Ooh, that guy's hot. Or he has nice legs while he's doing hair. And I'm like, Zoop, uh, needle drop, record scratch. What? Wait, I, the guy's hot, I get. But he has nice legs. Was he wearing like short shorts? Sean, wear short shorts. Like, was he? Wh- <laughs> he has nice legs. Like, is that, that's like, whoa, check out the gams on that guy. Whoa, hot dogs on a stick. Whoa, like that, that line. I was like, wait, what? Like, the guy's hot. I was like, okay, but then you heard a lot of people going, that guy's got nice legs. Oh, shit. that is Woo, 6'6 with those legs. She says, is he gay? No, that's his wife over there. But once it was established that we were a couple in Salt Lake City, it was brought up, right? So to have this suddenly 30 years later that there's men bragging about the sex, Sean fucks men. Oh, Angie, please. Sean makes love. Come on. This has never come up until this rat came out of the sewer. And here it is pointing at Monica. Um, I love that. She's like, once we were established as a couple in Salt Lake, I, I'm telling you, this Salt Lake community is wild. The established couple, the pillars of the community, Sean and Angie Kay. Anyways. Monica laughs when she's called uh, the rat that come out of the sewer. And Angie K goes, don't act like it's the first time you've been called a rat. And Monica's like, it's not. That's why I'm laughing. And Angie K goes, it's not funny. And Monica goes, you should come up with something else. And I was not mean to you at all during filming. And Heather goes, you were mean. And Angie K goes, you were mean. And Monica's like, no, I wasn't. Angie K goes, you were mean. And Monica's like, I was not mean to you, Angie. And Angie K goes, you backstabbed me right in front of my face. And Monica goes, how is that different than you telling her she lays on her back and spreads her legs? But I'm evil? We get a flashback to Lisa's crepe party. She's talking about Meredith when Angie K goes, Run away, Meredith. The only one that spreads their leg outside their marriage is you. Back in the reunion, Angie K goes, Meredith didn't pretend to be my friend. I love it. Meredith told me she hated me. Monica goes, I'm evil. I'm evil. Angie K goes, That's the difference. You pretended to be my friend. And he goes, Meredith, you've never elaborated on the VMAs and the He imitates Meredith again in Angie's marriage, but you did dangle that carrot first in front of Lisa at the restaurant and then to Whitney at the airport. What was your motivation in doing so, if not to get one of them to say the rumor on camera? Now this is the, uh, I'll use an Andy thing. This is the rap on Meredith that she uses other people to kind of push information out there. That's why it was almost successful of Monica passing that information about Angie and the Greek and the tax to Meredith because you almost really bought it. It seemed very Meredith. And Meredith though, being a lawyer, this is great. Meredith goes, well, first of all, um, I didn't say it was her marriage. And Andy goes, you said, do you want me to talk about the husband? And Meredith goes, yes. Um, that's what I said, technically. And when he goes, and the family and, and he's like, well, that's kind of implying. And Meredith goes, I actually, uh, Andrew have the exact words. If we would like to go back to it, that's fine. Um, Meredith pulls some papers from behind her and Meredith goes, well, what I said exactly is if I want to go for the jugular and talk about this shit, the rumors. And by the way, she's now pronouncing every word correctly, not the rumors, the nastiness. She's like, the rumors, the nastiness. We can do that. You know what? You want me to go there with her husband? I can go there. Don't fuck with me. Tell her to fuck off. <laughs> I would love a court reporter reading this back. Uh She said, don't fuck with me. Tell her to fuck off. And he goes, okay, well, that seems like you're dangling a rumor about her husband. Correct. But I didn't say in their marriage, though, did I? And Lisa goes, that's semantics. Tin roof rusted. Um, I love, this is so great. I love marriage. Marriage is another one I just love. I love that. I'm like, yes, but well, I didn't say you're married. So, haha, joke's on you. Uh, and he goes, so I don't know. What, what, is, what is the difference? Well, the difference, Andrew, is there could be rumors pretending to her husband that have nothing to do with their marriage. You know, like he could be a nose picker. People could say, you know, he uh, he picks his butt. He wears white after Labor Day. You know, rumors like that. Just, you know, it doesn't have to be about it. It could be any rumors. You know, like he killed a hobo. Who knows? It could be anything. You know, this guy pees near elementary schools. It could be literally anything. This guy shops exclusively with Kohl's and Kohl's cash. It could be anything. You know what I'm saying? Uh, He doesn't wear underwear. He free balls. That's a rumor right there. This guy raw dogs life. He's got great legs. That could be a rumor right there. I've heard rumors about Sean, about his legs for the last 30 years. Seriously. Monica goes, or rumors about Angie. And Meredith goes, or about Angie or about anyone else. And he goes, okay, okay, let's go. And Meredith goes, there are rumors about everyone. Let's make that clear. It's not that deep. You're stupid. You're all stupid. It's not that deep, but it, you know, this guy's Meredith Meredith. Come on, man. I love it. The plausible deniability is so strong with this one. And he goes, okay, fine. Okay. Let's go more globally and say, you dangled the rumors in front of Lisa and Whitney. So were you doing it in order to get someone else to bring them up on camera? And Meredith goes, no. <laughs> and he goes, okay. And Meredith goes in front of Lisa. I was having a reaction to Andy's behavior towards me after I'd been heavily provoked. I had a cup of drinks. Andy goes at the table, yeah. And I had some other very heavy things on my mind. Uh pills. <laughs> no. Heather goes, that was out of anger. And Lisa goes, Well, no, I told you. America goes, I didn't even believe what I had heard. Okay. I didn't even believe it. And he goes, Hold on, hold on. Angie, I want to know what you think. and Andy goes, based on what Monica repeated, you were threatening rumors that were about my husband's sexuality. It's not right to do this to people with families, with small children, with businesses. I am a pillar. In the community in Salt Lake City. Angie K is a pillar in the Salt Lake City community. And Monica laughs. <laughs> and Angie goes, and I have always had a really incredible reputation. And Andy goes, because we don't have footage of you. And Meredith goes, this at the minimum, you called me a fraud. I have multiple personality disorder. A headline comes on screen that says, Angie Katsanavis claims Meredith Marks has multiple personalities that I'm a lying bitch. You criticized my marriage. You criticized my business. You threatened to take a hit on my family. You called me a trampoline with eyes. And Angie K goes, that was a compliment.
1: <laughs> Trip.
0: A trampoline. Boing, boing, boing. Hey kids, come on back. We've got merit set up in the backyard. If you want to do a big, a uh, big old hop, make sure you're safe. Don't break anything. Kids. Like a trampoline with ice. And Angie's like, that was a compliment. And Mary goes, you call me in an addict that I've used my son as a pawn to take the heat off me for the rumors that I did not spread, that I was going to get fired. And Angie goes, okay, I can't keep up. Let's do this one by one. So that's when I started the rumors about you, that you made me relevant and you threatened me in the cave. I love, I love that there was a scene in a cave this season of like, you threatened me in a cave and those are just a few i could think of at the top of my head and angie k is like well okay okay this is great okay i do think i activated you i love that angie k okay i i do think i angie k almost like okay i'm doing it i'm really being a housewife this is so exciting um what do you guys say um angie k has clocked in i think i'm clocking in right now this is amazing angie k goes and you're welcome hey at Lisa goes, oh, no, Angie's being funny. And Angie K goes, I don't know what to say about that. When well, I don't need your help, Angie. I think I've done pretty fine being relevant on my own without you. I have a successful podcast. Angie K goes, look, I didn't say you had multiple personality this morning. Oh, you did. And Angie K goes, your voice was changing. <laughs> your voice was changing. I was going through puberty, Angie K. And Meredith goes, it's in depression. You did. Well, I don't really truly believe that. Well, you said it. It was a joke about you having multiple different voices. And I would rather call you a trampoline with eyes. That means you have nice, tight skin. Then say that you're wrinkly. So I would take that as a compliment. Oh, my God. I love these ladies. Like, I, oh, my God. It's so amazing. I, it's because your skin's so tight that I could jump on it. And he goes, um, Angie, you screamed, the only one who spreads their legs outside their marriage is you. What exactly were you referring to? And Angie K. goes, um... Meredith fucking people no, she goes um Meredith I'm gonna be honest basically I was told that you and your husband were seeing other people and that's why that came out I'm sorry that I said that it was basically in response to the rumors and Meredith goes well I um, uh, I think it's really sad for women to poke and prod at other women for being honest about marital problems and to try to weaponize that against her at a later date when they're really happy I think it's just shitty I think it is And Lisa goes, I agree with that. And Heather's like, I agree. And Angie K goes, but Meredith, when you bring up other marriages, I never brought up your marriage, Angie. I brought up rumors about your head. <laughs> and goes, You brought up Lisa's marriage and then you said things about mine. So it just naturally comes back down. That's how this works. What well, I did not talk about your marriage, man. She you cannot move Meredith, man. She is like a mountain. And goes, you say one thing, someone else brings up another. It's like, oh, really? You're saying this? Well, guess what? You said a year ago. And Meredith goes, okay, so you don't want to do better rather than doing worse. And Angie is like, so we should just stay silent when you threaten our marriage? So if I want to one-up everything you said about me, it would go south really fast. That sounds kind of like a threat. And Angie is like, no, no. Well, I don't want to. I, I want to be a better person for me. And Angie is like, okay, so if I say something, you're going to sit there and stay silent? That's what happens? We all do this? Well, I pretty much did until I lost my temper. I was the incredible Meredith Marks Hulk. Angie goes, well, it's a back and forth. And Andy goes, all right. Ira Madison 3, we all know Ira, uh, keep it, tweeted, Whitney definitely used Monica to be the one to bring up the rumor on camera in her villain era. Whitney, how do you respond to that? When he's like, it's absolutely not true. Fuck Ira Madison 3. One, this is a very tricky situation because I never knew about the rumors. I did not know what they were. The first time I heard about the rumor was when Lisa came into my room in Palm Springs and said, Meredith said this about Angie's family. Man, this is wild because... You see where it's not just Monica. It's like all the ladies. Anyways, flashback to Palm Springs where Lisa goes, she's like, I know stuff about their family. And I'm like, not this again. Oh my God. And Monica goes, first of all, I just want to start by saying, I don't blame Whitney for what comes out of my mouth. Like I say, I say what I want to say. So I don't want her to get blamed for that. Thank you for that, Monica. And Angie K goes, I just want to say that Monica was determined for this to come out about me, this alleged story. No, I wasn't, Angie K. And Angie K's like, well, because she went around to everyone in this group and said there were rumors about me in the first week of filming when I thought we were friends. She was determined to come on national television. And Monica's like, I literally did not ever tell Whitney that rumor. And Angie K goes, I'm talking. I'm Greek. Keep your big mouth shut. This is my marriage. This is my moment. You have no respect for the, my love in my marriage. And Monica goes, This is your moment. You're right. You finally made it. Angie K goes, so Zip it. And Monica's like, You finally made it. Four seasons later. And Angie K goes, I made it. Yeah. And Angie K goes, Bitch, I deserve to be here because I check all the boxes. Oh, Angie K's clocked in. Andy goes, Well, she could say that about you too. And Angie K goes, You're fucking Range Rover under a fucking carport. And Andy goes, all right, and Andy K goes spending your kids' money on a fucking purse. You're irresponsible. And Monica goes, "Are you insane?" And Andy K goes, "And you're sending a bad message to your daughters." And Monica's like, "Keep my fucking kids out of your fucking mouth, you piece of shit. You better pay for Peacock to hear me say fucking." And Andy K goes, "Fuck off, bitch. You talked about mine." And Monica goes, "You fucking." And Andy K goes, "Fuck off." So a lot of fucking at the very end. Really, that Peacock coming into play right there. Uh, if any kids are listening, how cool is this? Huh? You just heard so many curse words. Um, that's the end of this part one. And, you know, Angie K really coming to life. Now the fucking Range Rover under a fucking carport, just, you know, like that's Monica's worst nightmare talking about, you know, how she lives. It is funny. You know, it's like shit, you know, Monica lives in a 3000 square foot home. That is not a shit. Like, listen, I, I don't think I've ever lived in a 3000 foot. Maybe I've yeah, but you know, I don't know, no, but like it's a pretty still good place. It's not like, you know, Angie Kay's place, but my God, but it just shows you how these ladies do actually think these things about what other people have. But it's also a pretty good insult. Um, Next week, it's part two of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City reunion. And Andy's saying, Jack Barlow was recently seen in California. Did he not go to Columbia? And Lisa goes, he bounced on his mission. He's not going. By the way, this is a troll. He did go. This is just her going to be going like everybody thought he wasn't. But what happened was he had a clerical error with his passport. And he goes, then we have a scene of Whitney to Heather going, you relentlessly came after me for supporting Jack in the mission. And you called me a hypocrite over it. And Andy goes, Lisa accused you of stalking Jen's house. And Lisa says, you're a mother with four kids and single. Why are you driving by Jen Shaw's house? And Monica's like, and guess what? I posted them on in my Instagram. I never fucking did that shit. And Lisa's like, sit, sit. And Monica's like, you sit. And by the way, Monica, now we do know, did drive by Jen's house multiple times. And also videotaped himself doing it. Backstage, we have Monica going, Lisa and Angie are relentless with me to marry. And Mary's like, That's un- that's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. And then Andy goes, Did you feel that you needed Mary back this season to help you out? And Angie K goes, There was some comedic relief in there that was good. And Mary goes, Angie, this is your first year. Why are you even answering? <laughs> Angie K. goes, OK, like in every 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 corner, Angie K. has always put in her place. Like, don't get too comfortable, little girl. Like, it is funny. Like, Angie K. is still the only person that didn't know what was about to happen, allegedly to Monica that night in Bermuda. She was just sitting there going like, what the fuck is I'm just here? I'm like, I have a crochet doll in my hand. Uh, and then we have Monica going, Heather, shut the fuck up. And Lisa's like, wow. And then Monica goes, fuck, is re- beep, is reality Bontees. It's six people. And Lisa's like, you're reality Bontees. And Monica goes, it's six people, Lisa. And Lisa's like, it's not. And Monica's like, and you don't know what you're talking about. And Heather goes, there's a full investigation, Monica. It's you. And Monica's like, are you serious? And that is the end of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Part one reunion and now we're going to do some news stories about real housewives of salt lake city and then call it a day we're only two hours in mm-hmm. okay let's start off with another member of reality von Tees, and that is kojo the designer jen shaw's designer now in his stories if you want to follow him is he's at at designer kojo k-o-j-o and in his story he starts off with as a fellow member of reality von Tees, i love that it's like a club Uh, I'd like to shed some light on the situation and take you through some important details that have been left out by some of my fellow members and painting their involvement to be uninvolved and disconnected. That is far from the truth, and I am here to clear that up. So, already he's saying, yeah, I am part of Reality of so it is more than Monica. Okay, then he goes on to say this. Dissolved.
1: Okay, before I start, I just got my lips dissolved. It (laughs) was totally botched, but... Whatever. he's wearing a mask so i want to talk about reality volunteers and when it started it started in february of 2020 and it involved five people i know monica in the room said there were six which there was a six person but as far as the group text and the actively involvement in reality volunteers and posting and all those things there was just five of us which included myself monica tanisha paulina and Savannah. And our relation, as far as the four of us, I mean, out of the five of us, we all worked with Jen. So as many of you know that the recordings that were put out there in February 2020, it was posted to Reality Bonte's, Um, Those recordings, of course, followed me um, back when I did my interviews, when all of that came out, that happened during reunion with Jen and all of that stuff. I didn't know about those recordings until it was brought to my attention in February of 2020. Um, my house in the guy where we all met. So Monica was there, Tanisha was there, Pauline was there, myself and Savannah were all there. So we all sat at my table at my house and had this huge meeting and decided all together, if we're in on this, like we all, like each person went around the table and was like, okay, are we going to do this? Are we really going to, you know, I heard the recordings. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to go about posting this, starting Reality Vontis. And that's what he did. Now, the reason why we had this huge meeting about the recordings is because and us posting it um, to Reality Vontis is because it brought up my name, because Jen was saying my name in the recordings. And that was the only person that she talked about in that recording. So Monica brought it up to me along with Tanisha and Paulina, and they were like, hey, because it said my name in it, we want to post it, and if that's okay with you, and I said, okay, well, I really have to think about it, I really had to sit on it, and think about, okay, what is going to happen from the backlash of, like, this being released with my name, and everybody knows that I worked with Jen during that time, so I was like, okay, let's just post it, and we all agreed. We all sat on my table and we all agreed that this is what was going to happen and that we were going to take it to the grave. If anybody asked us that we, if we knew who posted the recordings and run through so what I was saying in the last part was that we would say, no, we don't know who it is. And I said that in my now the reason, so what I was saying in the last part was that we would Dismissing her involvement with the page is not taking accountability. Talking about Tanisha. Because she did run the page for quite some time, like she said. But as far as like the details of it all, she's not sharing that part. I think it's important to know the details and how much involvement she did have with the page. And how she's putting it all on top of myself and Monica and our other colleagues. And only posting things about what Monica has said and what I have said. And that is not the whole truth. You're only sharing certain parts that paint you out to be lack of involvement in the page. But you were very much in the DMs. You very much logged in. You very much were engaged with people that commented and DM'd you. And that's not cool. And all you have to do is just take accountability. I am. Do I feel bad about it? No. Do I feel bad about the page and all of that that's been posted? No. (laughs) <laughs> to elaborate on the part where I don't feel bad about what was posted to the page and how that played out with the recordings is because the person that called out my name and abused me and my other colleagues and assaulted many times to us I don't feel bad about that person that is sitting in jail right now anything that was supposed to be exposing this human being of her character And the type of person that she was to all of us. I don't feel bad about that. Which brings me to my next part. I don't understand why Tanisha is going on this world tour. Trying to talk poorly about Monica, myself. And the people that were involved. Because I don't really know what she did. As far as, I don't know what Monica did to Tanisha. I don't know what I did to Tanisha to cause her to do and say the things that she is saying and has been saying all season long. It doesn't make sense to me. And I continue to ask her these questions on lives and comments and she's blocked me and all these things. But I really don't understand what I did personally to her to cause her to defame me, to slander me, to say horrible things about me in association with Monica too. It doesn't make sense to me. So please... Please, 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 Tanisha, what did I do to you specifically to cause you to treat me the way you have treated me? And let's talk about the housewife that Tanisha works for. She
0: knew about these recordings before the- Heather She knew very well
1: about these recordings and was willing to use them. Again, so a jam. And so I have proof of that. Next slide.
0: Okay, so we're going to get into the slides that he posts in his stories now, but already Koa is setting up one of the best lifetime movies I've ever seen. We all sat around a table and promised that we would take this to the grave. Uh, They didn't. They actually took it straight into the show. Um, also, I mean, there's a world in which I'm like, can we get Koa and Tanisha next season? Or maybe we do a spinoff where it's just like the reality von teasers. Also, I love that there's five members like the fifth beetle. I love that. There's two other ladies that we haven't met at all. Like there's two just strangers out there, out there, part of reality von teas. So this is like, he's taking full accountability. He's putting himself in harm's way. Like everybody could just say it was Monica at this point, And he's like, no, I did it as well. Um, Okay. So here's the slides. This is Heather Gay text with Heather Gay, February 1st, 2021. And Heather goes, if anyone asks why you don't work with her, or if she tries to blame you, a two second excerpt of that audio will vindicate. I can't stop thinking about it. So he sent her that audio of Jen Shaw flipping the fuck out. And he writes to Heather, thank God for that recording. She says, your portfolio, your talent and your dedication are a much more powerful voice. But yeah, receipts or it didn't happen. And he goes exactly, like um I don't know why she needs to keep discrediting us. Maybe Jen thought I did charity, I could write it off because remember he didn't she didn't pay for his work. She's trying to make our drama a felony and a storyline for season 2. So this is all the way back in season 1. And she goes a felony and he goes yeah, she's claiming I stole from her which I have receipts that I didn't and Heather goes, can I play the audio for Meredith? I trust her 100%. And he goes, please do. And she goes, you need to get ahead of this. Can I give the audio to Bravo PR? And he goes, the more you all know, the more Bravo will see. I'm getting threats of arrest. Like, what the fuck? I'm not scared. I'm annoyed. And she goes, oh, I'm so sorry. I'll give them to Meredith. She will know what to do. She is wise and fair. It's thr- uh, Let me talk to Koa. Uh, I'm going to ignore that. I got all of this. (laughs) No, she goes, she is wise and fair and smart. Unlike Jen, LOL. So this is Heather in season one or after season one, talking shit about Jen and then proceeded two more seasons to kiss Jen's ass. What does Jen have on these ladies? And he writes back and she has stolen gowns. I made her for that. She hasn't paid for. And Heather goes, make receipts ASAP documents. And he goes, did them on vacation and videos of us working on them and my girls as witnesses, last payment she ever gave me. And then he does a next slide where it's a reality von tease of the Jen Shaw clip. And it's March 1st, 2021. And he writes, those texts were sent almost a month before the recordings were posted. So he took her advice about these recordings. And now he's talking again. So
1: which brings me to my next part about... Tanisha's housewife, very, birds of a feather, do flock together with Tanisha and her housewife very the same to so easily throw their best friend under the bus and sell them. So Tanisha has said that she's here to clear her name and bring to light and shed some light on the situation. You're only sharing parcel of what that light is and you are smearing and throwing other people's names in the dirt while doing so and what did we do to warrant that behavior towards us nothing you didn't have to give that information away to your housewife to the other castmates to build the storyline and paint you out to be this lord and savior jesus christ and i'm still waiting for the other castmates and women to share what Real Levantis spoke about them. Because if you go back and look at that page, and if you've been following that page since 2021, thank you very much. But there is nothing that says anything about the other women. If it mentioned the other women in or on that page or in the stories of that page, it was in favor of them, or it was in association to how they've been treated by Jen. That page was strictly about Jen and Jen only. There was nothing that was said about the other women. As far as the comments that were being made about the other women were from Jen. We were repulsing to shed light of what a horrible friend she was to her castmates and what a horrible person she was. It had nothing to do with the other women. We never attacked, we never we were never in the deal. We actually praised them and you can go and look even at Angie Casaneva's.
0: Okay, so then he puts a slide that says timeline, December, January 2020 recordings, February 2021 posted to Reality Von Tease. March 2021, Jen arrested. August 2022, last post on Reality Von Tease.
1: I opened that message on accident from the J guy, and he said that he is just running all over and he'll send some more tea soon and then winked. When should I respond? I opened that message.
0: Okay. So then that's Tanisha speaking, saying, I opened that message from that J guy. So saying that she was actively involved in running that page. And then he shares a Tanisha, uh, Paulina, and it's them talking about things on the page. Um, so this is uh, receipts, proof, timeline, all of Heather's favorite things. And then somebody, he posted saying, point to make here is that everyone played a part. No need to calculate who did exactly what at this point. If you're mad at the account, then be mad at everyone. It was not just one person. All five people were involved in some way. Call it what you want. A, ran the account. B, supported the account. C, supported my friends. D, only DM'd a few times. E, posted a few times. F, you were fucking involved. D, N, own it. Don't minimize it. So that was koa johnson at designer kojo and he lays out uh, kind of more of the story if that is to be believed that is very interesting posting heather's text but i think this is an important part of this story um admitting that they ran the account that was the other thing i've been saying too is that what was this account saying about the other women or was it highlighting things that jen shaw said about the other women uh that were really horrendous now all of the women in this reunion saying that jen terrorized them said all of these things but i want to know about the reality von tees now if you can pin the tax documents on angie the greek mafia the gay rumor if you can pin that on monica aside from reality von Teese, then i truly am starting to understand a little bit more but why were these so these women so afraid of the reality von tees account when they're all on the beach of like she is reality von T's and Mary. Why won't leave us alone? No, oh, please. Like, I'm wondering what is going on. There seems to be a big hole somewhere and I'm really, really confused. And I, I want to, I want, I'm going to figure this out. This is my big detective moment. Okay. The last thing I want to say is, um, and this is a uh, trigger warning. I'm going to talk about domestic abuse, domestic violence. Now, Monica, uh today she posted on her Instagram and I'm going to read what she posted. She wrote, "I have received several questions about my divorce." Yes. The affair happened over a decade ago. No, that is not the reason for our divorce. I understand you all having questions and trying to figure out the reason for this divorce now. I have debated answering this publicly or not. However, when I did apply to be on the show, I had planned on bringing awareness to this subject and speaking about it openly, which means she probably told the producers. Another subject, which was discussed several times along with others, that wasn't shown in the email that was shown on last night's episode. So... She's saying there was more to that email to the producers than just that. Who knows if that's true? If it is, Monica could show us that email. The reason for our divorce was because of domestic violence. My ex was arrested a couple of times for domestic violence on me in front of our girls and violations of protective orders. I had hoped to speak about it on the show to help better explain why things are the way they are in my life currently to bring awareness to women dealing with this issue and to help them see what, that they are not alone. I hope anyone going through this issue knows that I am with you. I hope you see that you can move on from this horrible situation and begin to give your children a better life away from those circumstances that there is life after abuse, that it wasn't your fault. And that you have tribes of people to carry you through. And then Um, she wrote, this was like a screenshot. And then she wrote in the, the Instagram, uh, line, she said, I haven't wanted to post about this because I already knew that the comment section is going to say and how nasty people can be. And have been on my page. However, if this helps one person out there to feel seen and give them any kind of comfort, hope or support, then it is worth it to me. National domestic violence hotline, 800-799-7233. I am sending to, I'm sending love to all of those affected by domestic violence. Um, you know, it's horrible. That is horrible. And uh, a lot of these comments are really, really mean. And even in my DMs, people were like, I don't believe her or how can we believe her? And the thing is with this, you can find police records. I'm sure other people have found these already and I'm sure they will come out. And listen, this is what I'm saying. When you get caught in lies, then it's you know harder for people to believe people about these very real things. And I feel really, um, you know, I guess this would have been a second season, Monica of bringing this stuff out, but it seems like she has had a very troubled life. And the part that really kills me about all this, the part when she says in front of my girls, and, uh, I really, I really hate that. Um, it just, yeah, but here's one person saying, I can't believe the amount of people who applaud you. And how do we even know anything you say is the truth? Um, domestic violence is never okay, but damn girl, you won't get the platform for this. And that's unfortunate, but the show is real housewives. So maybe you should have spoken up and brought awareness to the issue. Knowing your failed marriage would be the number one question and said, you went with trickery, deceit, dishonesty. So now tons of people will question your credibility. And I think you're using this to gain sympathy after getting caught for something. That's not helping anything. I don't know. I mean, that's all it's, it sucks, but I, I, I'm just very confused. And that's why I really want the other two parts of the reunion to see if we can shed any light on any of this, because the COA stuff paints this in a different light. It was still really shitty, but I'm just wondering why these ladies felt so personally attacked. And are there a bunch of other accounts that they feel personally attacked by? Like if they found out Monica was a part of another, like, are there other accounts that they live in fear of? Why were they in fear of the reality Von Tees account? when they were posting mainly Jen Shaw stuff. So there's tons of other stuff that I could talk about, Monica's mom and all of this, but we're two hours and 20 minutes in and I thought this was going to be a, a quicker one. But we've got two more episodes of this and I'm sure we'll be talking much more about Salt Lake and stories and all of that stuff. And uh, But anyways, thank you guys for listening. I hope, I know it's kind of ending on a, a dour, sadder note, but I hope you had fun today. I hope this was uh, you got a couple laughs out of this. Remember to rate this five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And I really appreciate you guys thanks for uh thanks for hanging in with me i'm so sorry about uh shaving my mustache to all the youtubers out there uh, i can't imagine the horror that you've dealt with in watching this and i will talk to you on friday for the real housewives of beverly hills reunion where we get morgan Wade. i'm gonna sing a song with kyle i love you guys i'll talk to you later bye so bad it's good is a betches media production the show is hosted and produced by me, Ryan Bailey, with Mediza Lopez and Sandra Fryer. Additional support provided by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales Pico, and Rebecca Steinberg. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Video promotion by Laura Valencia. Be sure to send us your emails at so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey at gmail.com and follow the show at So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey on Instagram. And for additional craziness, go to patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. Stay bad, baddies. Batches.